This episode of Behind the Bots is brought to you by Fingertech Robotics, North America's top manufacturer of combat robotics parts. If you're interested in building your first combat robot, check out Fingertech's Viper Kit, which includes everything you need to build a fully functional, competitive ant weight. Fingertech also carries a complete line of wheels, hubs, motors, and other components if you want to build a bot from the ground up. Check them out online at www.fingertechrobotics.com. From a truly delightful all-you-can-eat lobster buffet somewhere in rural Rhode Island, this is Behind the Bots, the podcast that brings you the stories of the builders behind BattleBots. I'm Chris. I'm Luke. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kyle. And today on the podcast, our 100th episode. Woo! Oh, yeah. No builder interviewed today, but stay tuned for a special AMA episode with your favorite Behind the Bots hosts. And Luke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, burn out of nowhere. Oh, my goodness. I, uh, I didn't know who I was going to say. Uh, and I was going to say, and me, and then I thought that was too self-deprecating. So, uh, Luke, you were the first name that popped in. God, went right for the jugular, Lindsay. (laughs) We'll wrap up the show with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. If you like our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, CastBox, Player FM, and Podbean. I hear that uh, ratings actually help a lot in reviews, and I I see we haven't gotten one in a while. So, hey, go do that. It's our 100th episode. Uh, You can also follow us on Facebook at Behind the Bots. And if you like what you hear, tell a friend. We really appreciate your support. Maybe in honor of our 100th episode, you all should leave 100 reviews, all positive. <laughs> yes. Let's astroturf uh, the five-star reviews. Yeah, that sounds good. Time for this week's Combat Robotics News. I have five news items for you today. First up, the Discovery Channel has renewed BattleBots for two seasons, ordering a total of 80 hours of content in 2021 and 2022. In their announcement, the Discovery Channel confirmed that longtime fan favorites Ice Wave, Minotaur, and Blacksmith will be competing in Las Vegas later this month. Separately, BattleBots signed a major online content streaming deal outside the U.S. with Netflix, which will begin broadcasting the 2015 and 2016 seasons of the show later this year. If you're planning to attend the live taping of a show later this month, BattleBots is now opening up its arena-side opera boxes to fans. This is uh, kind of the deal of the century when you take a look at it. Each box will cost $200 each and can hold up to eight people. So if you have seven friends who really love BattleBots and want to get dressed up and wave signs by the entrance tunnel and very likely get on TV in the process, sign up for those boxes now. Check out details on Facebook. You'll spend more on the limo ride over to the casino. Yes, it, it is it is a, a killer deal. However, one person who will be conspicuously absent at the taping will be Pitt reporter Jenny Taft, who will instead be covering college football, whose 2021 season will begin later this month. 
And finally, custom poker chips are all the rage this year among teams like Malice, Scorpios, Hijinx, and of course, Jackpot, who commissioned the chips to commemorate the show moving to Las Vegas. Team Sawblaze is apparently bucking that trend and has instead commissioned neon green rally towels. In very exciting personal news, I finally got off the fence this week and bought my tickets to Vegas, where I'll try and grab as much team-branded poker chips and towels that I can. So that's it for this week's news. I'm going to Vegas, you guys. You're probably going to snag a couple bathrobes from the hotel. <laughs> you know, as, as, as is a tradition, of course. After the break, we share our darkest secrets in our first podcast AMA. Stay tuned. This week on the podcast, we have four very special first-time rookie guests, Chris, Lindsay, Kyle, <laughs> and me. Um, all right. So this is this is how this works. Um, at the start of the week, I started frantically uh, texting builders who are in the news, like builders who we knew had good storylines. This is a little bit about how the sausage gets made. Um, like we we talk about <laughs> which builder we think is going to be most interesting. So you know, last week it was the Vasquez's because um, the new Hexbug set was hitting store shelves and people were just loving the new Whiplash toy. Um, you know, like at the end of last season, it was of course Endgame, and we pick interesting people who are in the news. So we reached out to all of them. And every single one of them turned us down because they are heads down in like build mode. So um, so we were kind of scrambling, trying to figure out who we were going to talk to and just ran out of time. So instead, <laughs> we opened up the phone lines and we uh, asked you if you wanted to send in questions for us. Um, I feel like one of the coolest things about this podcast is that we don't talk about ourselves a lot. Like the show is not about the four of us. The show is really about the you know, builders, the production staff, battle bots. Um, so it's going to be kind of weird to uh, talk about our opinions because I feel like we don't really share them that much. Uh, your your thoughts, I think, I, any fears, I guess, going into this? Well, first of all, uh, if you're a builder that's listening and we didn't reach out to you, it's not that we don't think you're interesting. Um, It kind of is. <laughs> I think what my, what my co-hosts... Uh, 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 Luke and Lindsay are trying to say is that uh, builders are literally tripping over themselves to get onto this podcast, but we decided that in your best interests, we would all talk about ourselves for our hundredth episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, it's prime real estate hundredth episode on a podcast like this, I guess. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, let's just, uh, I guess, dive in. We don't really have a format. I, I wrote down all the questions. Everybody sent in fantastic questions. So I, I love every single one of them. And I, of course, love all of the fans. Um, we got uh, way more questions than I was anticipating. So that's kind of cool. It was surprising. Yeah, it was surprising. Um, and there are some like really insightful, thoughtful questions. Um, so maybe we will reveal some true feelings and thoughts that we have about BattleBots in the next uh, half an hour. Um, all right, I'm going to start off with Cameron Hutton, who has a really good two-part question. All right, first part for the four of us. If you had to drive one robot from BattleBots, what robot would you drive? Instantaneously, my answer would be Whiplash. Really? Yeah. Why? Because I don't understand how it is humanly possible um, that Matthew Vasquez is 
capable of controlling that many elements at one time on a single bot at the speed and efficiency that he is able to do so. And I want to see what that's like. I just want to give it a shot and see if you can do it with a normal human brain or if you have to have a Matthew Vasquez brain to do it. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you one of my favorite kind of facts about Whiplash is that, um, you know, like other teams, and I won't name names, they like if they have just a two part robot, one person drives the robot and the other person just operates the spinner, like that is a two person job. Uh, yeah. If any other team ran Whiplash, they would have three people because one person would do the lifter, one person would do the spinner, one person would do the drive. Yep. Um, it's amazing that that Matt can do all three um, and do it so well. So yeah, I think that's well, a pretty good some answer. of the best teams. I mean, like uh, Witch Doctor, right? They like uh, Mike drives while Andrea operates the weapon, and they have to be like super coordinated and really thoughtful about you know how much. Uh, centrifugal force she's going to be putting into his drive at what moments in time you know like they really pride themselves on how good they are at working together for that with with matthew though he's just like no i do the whole thing yeah yeah <laughs> how about you Chris Lindsay? i would drive a p1 so that it actually looks like i'm driving a car uh <laughs> as i take it at you know um to starbucks hmm Lindsay, I know you're a big Captain Shredderator fan. I'm assuming uh, <laughs> you're joining you know, the uh, Yeah, you know, that is probably what everybody's first guess would be. But I think I would actually have to say uh, either Kraken or Shatter. I really? think it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think it would be a lot of fun to either... Uh, drive a hammer bot or a bot that you can just like grab your opponent and display them, uh, you know, running them around uh, the arena. Um, I love Kraken. I, I feel like I would say Kraken as my final answer. Hmm. And then I would get to hopefully wear a pretty cool, uh, you know, costume if I was part of the team. I uh, I love the Shatter answer, but however, I would go with Shatter's uh, trashier, like kind of punk rock um, doppelganger blacksmith uh, for myself. Uh, I just think it's a really tanky, exciting, uh, chaotic bot. And I would love to know that I could step into the battle box and go the full three minutes, um, no matter what happened, and put on an amazing show every single time. So... I'm going to say blacksmith for myself. Um, Cameron has, uh, let's see, second part of Cameron's question. What new competitors are you all looking forward to seeing in the new season? All right, so new competitors. Chris, Lindsay, Kyle, do you have a new competitor in mind? Orby Blade. Oh, yeah. Yes, of course. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay, so switchback. I want to know what the heck those people are thinking. That looks weird. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you think Switchback has a snowball's chance in heck? Uh to what? To win the nut? <laughs> no, to win a single match, Kyle. Oh. <laughs> um I have a strong feeling that they will operate, that they will be able to drive around the box and do things. They seem All like right, Look, we're I feel like we're at the UN. All right, tell me, do you think they're going to win one match, Kyle? No, no, not at all. <laughs> no. And um, I will tell that to their faces. This, I mean, I don't know them, but 
Uh, like that, I have no problem being skeptical about this, and I hope they prove me wrong. That would be great. Uh, I was I was going to join you, uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna say also if Switchback wins a uh, a single a single fight, but they, I mean like like a clean win. I'm not talking about like oh you know you you get into the box and, and oh yeah you drove just... longer than them right. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, like like a like a knockout, a clean judge's decision, unanimous. Okay, yeah, like yeah. a unanimous, not close. Yeah. Right? Not not you uh, broke uh, slightly less than them. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> if they if they manage to win one, uh, let's see. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna eat five BattleBot stickers that I have in my <laughs> my BattleBot swag pile. I saw I saw a picture today where they shared four chassis. They had four chassis in this picture, um, completed like with their base paint oh on them and everything, just ready to go. Does that change your opinion at all? It's a well-funded team. I mean, yeah. that's clear. Clear, uh, yeah. But no, like the the physics of the the arm with the it doesn't make sense to me. Because <laughs> the whole the whole okay when that arm is going its full motion, all right, that robot is unhappy the whole time, you know. <laughs> so, I, I I expect like it flopping over and self writing and I don't know. I think yeah, I think it's gonna get you a lot of damage to the floor. How about how about you, Chris? Are you are you gonna go with Orby Blade? Are you joining your fiance? Yeah, I would totally say Orby. Um, also, uh, just like on a on a technicality for the question, I guess I could also say uh, a new competitor from uh, arriving from Robot Wars. We have Sabretooth, uh, who's going to be uh, competing in BattleBots. Um, it's it's basically uh, for those that uh, might not be familiar, uh, um, maybe a, uh, a a less compact Minotaur. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I I always think that uh, you know the the really dense drums, they just like make explosive matches and stuff. So I'd take a lot more of those over over some of the the other uh, the four wheel drive verts that you know um, uh, kind of seem to populate the field. Well, you'll be happy to know that I will not be choosing a four wheel uh, vert. I'm going to be choosing a three wheel vert. Uh, my choice is ominous. All right, I cannot wait to see this weird three wheeled robot, and I hope that it does really well. Um, all right, on over to Ryan Rassett, who has a thought-provoking question. Just uh, kind of close your eyes and imagine this. Describe the behind-the-bots BattleBot. So I guess if we were going to bring a BattleBot, the four of us, what would uh, what, what 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 would it look like? Would it be called a hot poke? <laughs> yes, uh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Should we should we should we provide context for a hot poke, Lindsay? Uh, well, I think I think it's all about you providing the context for hot poke, Luke. Yeah, yeah, this was all you, Luke. If there was like if there was a meal that you could have uh, during a twelve hour live broadcast, <laughs> what would it be? It would it would be the hottest poke I could get my hands on. All right. Dude, that was uh, delicious. Yeah, okay, though. So that was really good poke. I'm gonna say it. Um, all right. So in, in September, the four of us, we went to Norwalk Havoc. We sat on the broadcasting team and we, we did like a 12 hour, 12 hour stream, I think on Saturday. And, um, Chris very graciously, like wonderfully ordered us poke, like four poke bowls, um, from, I don't know, DoorDash or something. Right. And I mean, uh, I guess edit this out if I'm 
you know, uh, libeling this this poor company, right? But uh, they they sent us the poke in like a hot bag, and the poke came out warm. Um, and so, you know, I think it was fine because you guys ate the poke pretty quickly. But like, I ate the poke, I think, like an hour after it arrived, and um, it was very warm. It was still warm, and um. <laughs> And like I feel like I feel like you know uh, poke you're looking for fish that's like really a vibrant color. This had kind of gone a little gray, you know. And um, I I scarfed it down. I ate it pretty quickly and got back on the air. And um, immediately I started sweating, like like sweating badly. And um, <laughs> and I was like, Chris, you got to uh, you got you got to tap you got to tap me out, right? And uh, I just left quickly. I uh, went to the bathroom and it was so bad that I just was sitting in the bathroom in Norwalk, Connecticut, just laughing to myself because it was so <laughs> comically bad. It was like it was never going to end. It was like uh, I was like, I'm going to be here for the next six hours. Like it was so bad. Oh, God. So, and this was uh, this was all part of my plan to get more screen time. <laughs> Yeah, Chris, yeah. you and I had a really great uh, like session of broadcasting right after that. Actually, that was nice. It was it was good to like get into a groove with you and be comfortable. <laughs> I missed a ton of thirty pound fights because of the, because of that poke. Right? Luke did have a, his own three pound fight on his hands. <laughs> Why? Why? Oh God! Uh, See, this okay. is why we don't talk about ourselves. Yeah, we really. Oh, <laughs> all right, all right. So, so the robot's called Hot Poke. What, what is our main weapon? Oh, Battlebots <laughs> does not allow liquids. All right. Uh, I mean, I would think just because we come from Norwalk, right? We've got to have a gold beater bar spinner. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. I want it to be like a white body. Two wheels <laughs> yeah. and a gigantic gold finger tech bar that Curtis, you know, builds yeah, us Curtis, custom. Curtis just makes <laughs> us like a 60-pound version of the bar. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. I'll also say that we will get started on the robot 48 hours before the first episode airs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll get everything for Send, Cut, Send. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be That's perfect. good. All right, Stuart Hunt has a related question. It's kind of the inverse of this question. If all four of you built bots for the show, what would each build and who would win if you all had a rumble? So I guess this is a two-part question. So Lindsay, if you had to build your own robot for BattleBots, what would you build? Oh, wow. Uh, way to put me on the spot first. You don't um... think about this like all the time? It changes, I'd say, from month to month. Yeah, okay, that's um, But I think, oh, uh, you know, I, I don't have the, you know, engineering prowess to know how to do this, but, I and certainly not better than Kraken, but I feel like right now I'm on, like, a crusher kick. Um, okay. And I think it'd be really fun to, to build that. Um, I'm not I'm not like so interested in like mass destruction with my bot, like causing mass destruction. I I think it'd be really cool to be like a technical, like skilled driver. And so I, I think um that would lend itself to like a, a, a crusher bot. 
So yeah, right. uh, I don't know that I'd win in a rumble, but I feel like I would hopefully last till the end. I like it. How about you, Chris? Are you ready to reveal your secret design to the world? Uh, the only thing that you would really need to know about my bot is that um, it would probably be the glass cannon to shatter all glass cannons. Wow. So you're talking about, uh, you know, deep six. You're talking about, you know, your one one hit KO kind of. If you're you're either winning the the match in the first five seconds or you're not. Is that right? Yeah. My, well, my strategy would be uh, go big and then go home. <laughs> um, all right, Kyle. How, how about you? Your hypothetical battle bot. No, uh, no, no, no budget constraints at all. Uh, there's so many interesting ways to go, right? But I think I would want to um, play with a big wheel design. Okay. I think that it could be really fun to to go with one of those style of robots, but maybe experiment with like um, Billy style foam, but on a huge scale, something like that. Um, something that mm -hmm. would obviously still get me on the show as a big wheeled robot, but um, I think it'd be fun to try to drive one of those around. I think that would be really silly. Okay, I like that. I might want to change my answer from Crusher to Suplex Bot. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So like See, this is my Suplex Bot season one bite for like if style. I could... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if I could somehow combine crushing power with Suplex power. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna change mine from a giant glass cannon to a very small and nearly <laughs> indestructible defense bot. <laughs> All right. I think I would try and go for, oh, I don't know, maybe like a Hella Chopper 2.0. All right. You know, so you want to never make it into the box and just have memes be made about you? Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I want to go in. I want to build a lot of hype for this robot. And then when it fails safety, I'm going to just claim that, you know, the, uh, Giant nut was stolen from me because I was uh, far, far too dangerous to compete. Right. Yeah, blame production. Just... Blame production. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Just tank, tank my uh, my budding relationship with Greg Munson. You know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. My God, we have. A I'll take this questions. next set. Uh, you're 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 gonna take it. I can okay. take this next set. Yeah. All right. Go go. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. So our next set of questions comes from Tom Farkas from Cooperstown. Uh, home of the, the Baseball Hall of Fame and that card shop that my dad once swindled $5 from. <laughs> uh, he writes, uh, which bots would you like to be chosen for the next set of hex bugs? This think, one's pretty easy. Yeah, I, th I, think, I think it's a it's a pretty simple answer here. Uh, for me, Shatter, 100%. Ooh, yeah, is, that's uh, a good one. Visually interesting. It's, it's already known for its ablative armor. You know, like we really need a shiny just beautiful robots uh for for hex bugs all right so for me the next hex bug see i was gonna say whiplash right but that's that's a thing now that's happening we're yeah. good um that's really exciting i think we need another flipper if there's gonna be another hex bug i would love to see something that is not bronco it could be hydra but that's a little bit too close in design for me I would say do something more like Lucky, where it's like a four-bar style, or do uh, like a hinge flipper, like a British hinge flipper type thing. Uh, my answer is the correct answer, 
and it's huge and mammoth. Oh man, I was gonna say that. Oh uh, yeah, you're you're both one hundred percent right. Yeah. And it comes in a bigger box. It's like it makes a big <laughs> splash. <laughs> wow. Sorry, I didn't I didn't mean to take it, but I guess it further proves the oh, point you've, that it's you've correct. Done it. No, you've done yeah. It. I wanna take mine back. That's that's pretty good. I mean, yeah, I think I might have to change my vote too. That that would be pretty sweet. <laughs> that's the rival set, and it's actually like like two shoebox sizes big, right? <laughs> Xbox has to like change its entire like factory configuration. Oh, I want I it. love this. Let's do it. All right, Tom's uh, Tom's next question is: What is your favorite type of robot weapon? I'll start. Uh, mine is Paul Ventimiglia. <laughs> nice. Yes. You put Paul Paul Ventimiglia inside of your robot, and he he will win you an entire championship for sure. <laughs> Uh, let's see, mine, uh, gosh, my favorite, I, I would say like Saw Blaze kind of style overhead attack robot. I think that's really exciting. It's pretty tanky. I think that a lot of matches get won on defense and kind of the over the top, like cinematic attack, I think is pretty, pretty cool. For me, it has to be, um, like... Craig Danby style uh, slamo lifter sumo bot or lifter like grapple bot because I have to as a fan I have to think about this as levels of fun and I can't remember any time a weapon was more fun last season than when slamo would get a suplex on a bot I would literally like jump out of my chair I would be so excited yeah I can I can see that Lindsay what about you um, I think I'd have to agree with you, obviously. Um, I love Sawblaze, and I think one of my uh, main reasons is that overhead attack, I think, is so fun. Um, but to kind of one-up that, I'm going to say any any bot that has flames. I know that it's not a primary weapon, but when you combine flame with a weapon, you have... A great time. Which brings me back to the to another point on hot poke, guys. Obviously, it has to have uh, fire, and I would even quote Sarah Malian here and say perhaps it needs bum fire. <laughs> <laughs> that could be its mini bot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that's perfect. Luke, does all of this seem accurate? Yeah, the fire needs to be green, though. <laughs> right. Oh. I've I've heard that you can achieve that by just adding one uh, simple household uh, chemical. <laughs> I think it's Diet Pepsi. Yeah. All right. Uh, Tom also asks, "What is the best color for a bot?" Kyle. Hijinks pink, obviously. Oh my god! I was gonna say pink. All right. Agreed. Yeah. We can Hot all pink. agree. Hot pink, but uh, I think maybe hot pink fur. No. Okay, I'm gonna, that's. I'm gonna put a little. That's little an answer. Honey. Yeah. We'll, no, no fur. We'll probably get into that in a little bit. Oh God. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, hold on. Let me uh, let me interrupt uh, Tom's line of questions to to ask Luke a, a quick question about things that are furry. Dear God, Chris, what? <laughs> 
now, as many of you know, um, we, we've all started to kind of develop a, a brand uh, for, for each other. Uh, for example, uh, Kyle is a heartless pizza thief. Yeah. Uh, but well, Luke, um, Luke is a, uh, he is a devout furry costume enthusiast. Wow. Luke, do you want to get, do you want to tell the fans a little bit about that? <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. All right. Listen, first off. Okay. Where, where should I start? Okay. Um, all right. Uh, Very defensive, I, Luke. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's I, um, I'm trying, I'm trying to, trying to, trying to, trying to structure this, 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 uh, story. Okay. So, uh, I used to live in San Jose, California, um, let's see, lots of builders are from the Bay Area. So if you're from the Bay Area, this is maybe of interest to you. Uh, so in San Jose, every year they have this thing called FurCon. Uh, and I, I, I think, no, no, it's called Further Further Confusion. And um, so they, it's like the largest furry convention this side of Mississippi. And uh, I would go every year. I wouldn't buy tickets, Chris, and I didn't get dressed up, but I would like walk around the San Jose Convention Center and, um, you know, just uh, revel in the um, environment, you know? Uh, I would not say that I'm a furry. Uh, I would probably never buy, okay, I would not buy a furry costume. This sounds so defensive when I'm saying this. Hold on. Uh, hold on. No, Luke, Chris, Chris, you just, you just let him do it. He'll do it to himself. It's fine. You don't have to encourage him. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I do own a giant panda head, but I don't have the body. Okay. See what I mean, Chris? You just let him talk. It's fine. You, you kind of have the body. Oh, okay. Listen. All right. First off, how dare you? Okay. Um, I, uh, this, this is far too personal for me, Chris. All right. Um, I, I have, I have looked up the prices of like a, uh, full like Elmo suit. Okay. We have to cut this completely on, uh, like AliExpress and it's like 80 bucks, you know? So, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll like for someone who's like on, on Hollywood Boulevard or Broadway or, or wherever yeah. trying to like take photos with people. Yeah. I've, I've always been curious oh, about how like much those cost. Yeah. You know, I was just figure I would dress up in my suburban neighborhood and ride around in my one wheel, you know, as a uh, just demented looking Elmo, you know, in my, uh, in my neighborhood. So that's very normal. It has nothing to do with me. All right. Um, Okay. I'm blushing so hard. I can't even tell you. Um, We, we talk about furries probably more than uh, the average friend group um, because Furries more than, <laughs> more than more than the average robotics podcast. <laughs> Most definitely more um, than the average robotics podcast. Because I, I would say like I I am like furry positive, okay. And uh, other members of our podcast, maybe you want to identify yourselves, uh, are are not furry positive and would would not want to come to a, a con like for further convention uh, for further confusion, you know. Um, Listen, listen, <laughs> I respect the decision, the lifestyle, the interest. I I just want to be nowhere near it. I feel like I, we go to a con and just see, no, see what happens. No, no, All no, right. no, 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 <laughs> it scares me. It scares me. It literally, 
I don't like not being able to see people's faces. I don't like that it's always smiling. It, they're all the costumes are terrifying to me. When I lived in New York City, my biggest fear was that all of the like Elmos and like Cookie Monsters that lived or not lived that like they lived worked in Times Square. <laughs> <laughs> that spent their days in Times Square that like they would slowly creep up and down the island and I would just be like going to my job in the financial district and like Elmo would be following me or like a Spongebob that was now, clearly had like three eyes or something. Now, it was you, say, you say that that's your worst fear. I lived that for almost four years in Los Angeles. I would have moved out immediately. And, and no shade. Let, let people do whatever they want in their conventions or in their bedrooms. But I can't, I can't be around for it. I feel like Lindsay, this is, this is a good indication that you are reaching middle age. All right. Because, you know, every year we're just going to become more intolerant, you know, so uh, embrace it. You know, you, you've, you've found your, yeah. your thing that, uh, that you, you're not down with that the kids are, are, are into. I just don't know what the kids are doing. I don't know, Chris, how you were able to uh, do it in California for so long, working on uh, and on Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, well. Uh, okay. So here's here's a little anecdote from my life. For for a uh, a handful of years, I uh, I worked uh, on Hollywood Boulevard, um, right there in Central Hollywood, where you uh, you know you would see the red carpets and the Chinese theater and uh, you know. Uh, uh, Scientologists and just the whole shebang. I, uh, my commute was from Hollywood and Vine, uh, down to Hollywood and Highland where my, uh, my studio was. And I had, uh, more than one confrontation with suited people, uh, because you get to know them, you know, when you're, when you walk and you commute. And I had this ongoing, uh, feud with, uh, Catwoman. <laughs> and it all started, uh, with this one day I was walking to work and um, I, all of a sudden I felt a tug on the back of my pants and uh, the uh, Catwoman, um, she, I don't know if she was just trying to let me know that there was a hole in the back of my pants, but she reached through the hole and I felt <laughs> the sensation of a cat claw, uh, you know, uh, just kind of, you know, down, down where I don't want a cat claw. And so I spun around really fast, which I think might have caught something. And Catwoman ended up ripping open the back of my shorts. Uh, and like literally it just like the, 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 the small tear burst completely wide open. And now my, you know, my, 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 my underpants are hanging out for all of Hollywood to see. And I, uh, I made the fatal mistake of raising my voice to Catwoman <laughs> a person who gets up every single day and puts on a latex suit and stands in the sun, uh, <laughs> fueled by what I can only imagine is a uh, a cocktail of uh, 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 caffeine, taurine, uh, and uh, crystal meth. And um, I I spent I'd I'd say the next several months of of my life uh, trying to avoid this person because I was pretty sure she was going to kill me. Um, and so that was like, that was only a, that was only a taste of my, my experience with the people 
uh, who dressed up every day. And that's why humans shouldn't have claws on their hands. Uh, I, I'm going to say that this this exchange has convinced me that I will be buying that $80 Elmo on AliExpress. It's going to take six months to get here, but I'm going to just pop out of the bushes when Lindsay comes over the next time to uh, to my house. And uh, we'll just that, see what happens. That gives, just, that gives me six months to move away. <laughs> and Luke, Luke. Leave this life behind. You got to give that thing at Luke. least a week and a half out in the sun to air out before you, you know, wash it and put it on. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, double that time if you buy it from eBay used. Oh, fact. Um, bleach that thing all the way. So, all right. So, Tom so Marcus we... wanted to know the best color. <laughs> and we, this was where we ended up. All right, all right, Tom, I, I will I will tell you. Okay, so we talk about furries and we have these types of conversations on our group chat, which is great. And um we decided that if we ever do a spin-off podcast, we will call it 50 Shades of Vanilla, and it'll be four totally <laughs> boring people like us describing um Fetishes, I guess, to one another. Oh my god, this is a family podcast. We have to cut this. Yeah, um, we, sh- we should move on. Yeah, uh, Luke, uh, the next question is, why should all bots have googly eyes, kind of <laughs> like the panda that you have on a shelf in your room? Uh, yeah, good points. Googly eyes, you know, it uh, humanizes the robots. You don't want it to die, a la Billy and uh, Bobby. So, yes, I-, I agree with you there, Tom. Stay tuned for Fifty Shades of Vanilla uh, coming to um, uh, Lindsay. You want to do the whole lineup? Uh, uh, oh my God! If it's not right in front of me, I can't remember it. Okay. Apple Podcasts, Podcast, Apple Play, Spotify. Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Castbox, Player FM, and Podbean. <laughs> yeah, send send us send us uh, fetish ideas, fans. Yeah. Uh, moving along, Tom's last question <laughs> is, where is the best place to get pizza in the Hudson Valley? Uh, I mean, I, 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 have, I have an answer, but I want to hear yours. I mean, I'm going to cheat and say just drive a little bit south out of the Hudson Valley to uh, West Haven, Connecticut, and get Zapartis. Wow, that's nowhere near uh, here. Wow. Yeah, he yeah, said well, Hudson Valley. He didn't say, you know, the yeah, Connecticut area. Well, it's not good. Have you, because I know that we haven't gotten it together, but have you had Lolita's before in Poughkeepsie? Because I will go to my grave saying that's hands down the best pizza possibly on the planet. I have been to Lolita's on numerous occasions. I've also been to Emiliano's, which is also a really good spot in Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie surprisingly has good pizza joints. Emiliano's. Emiliano's is what's up. I love that place. It's so good. Huh. Bro, it got three and a half three and a half stars on Yelp. What? Emiliano's got three and a half stars on Yelp? Three and a half stars. It's got 531 stars on Google and let's see. It's at a That's a lot of stars. <laughs> That's a lot of stars. And that was just one rating. No, 531 ratings and it's got 4.4 stars. Sorry. Oh. Okay. All right, all right, all right. I, I don't trust Google reviews. Okay, really? all right. I'm going to check this out, but I'm going to be skeptical. All right, I like it. It's the, it's a good place. All right, uh, okay. Shatter teammate Eric Wrigley wants to know, 
Who would you rather see Shatter fight, Beta or Ominous? Chris, your thoughts. Um, I'll say Beta. Yeah, Lindsay. Uh, Beta, because Shatter will fire its hammer approximately eighteen thousand times more than Beta will in that one fight. Spicy take. I like it. How about you, Kyle? I agree with the spicy take. Um, I will also say I think that the ominous fight might be interesting just from the physics perspective. Um, yeah. I would. I don't know what would happen. I still don't know what is going to happen when ominous hits somebody with that vertical spinner at that weight. Like, that's going to be weird. Um, and I definitely don't know what happens if they would hit another bot with omni wheels like that would just get really silly really quick that'd be a lot of fun i think like don't count that match out that would be a lot of fun right ominous also has omni wheels so that would be pretty cool but i'm gonna say beta because i feel like i have a lot of thoughts about beta but all right we will we we will we will not get into them um okay uh <laughs> Pain Train teammate slash Blackbird Captain Anthony D'Ambrosio wants to know, with the announcement of the shelf for 2021, if you could add any arena hazard to the battle box to spice things up in 2022, what would you like to see? Kyle. Uh, put me right on the spot. Um, flippers that actually do something in the middle of the arena would be cool. We never see oh. them. They've been there, and they're cool. Yeah. And they showed up for some, like, rumbles early on, but then they never came back. I think they would be a lot of fun to throw those back in there. Anything with terrain. Like, I actually don't mind uh, the idea of the shelf and maybe, like, some terrain in the middle of the arena that some people could build their bots to get up on and some people might challenge, like, have challenges with that with their design. Could be interesting. Um, I want to see, yeah, terrain. Different levels, different, like places these bots can go okay how about you chris Lindsay? i have a i have a couple ideas um oh boy this this is exciting uh all right so the first uh you know like outside of a uh, like a movie theater or like at a chuck e cheese you'd have the claw game okay you actually have someone controlling like a massive claw from the ceiling that will drop down and pick up a bot and lift it back up and then drop it somewhere near the chute, but definitely not into the chute because that you're, they're never going to let you win anything. Right. <laughs> I can only imagine if, if you did drop it into the chute and the uh, battle bot just came roaring out into the audience. That'd be great. Uh, another one I have would be, uh, you know, like the, like the area where you're standing and you're and you're competing from, and you hit the button. Okay. Uh, like at any point, your opponent can actually hit another button, and it actually sends a uh, like a torrent of flame at your actual human opponent. I feel like Chris, if you were <laughs> if you were in the writers' room at BattleBots, where they do come up with these conventions for every season, that the insurance guy would be like, "You're not allowed to have this guy in this room having these conversations anymore." His ideas are just too much liability. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with terrain. Terrain. Okay. <laughs> not not flames directed at humans. <laughs> I, I like the idea of terrain. However, I want to see a little pond in the middle of the box. Just, you a know, pond? a short little <laughs> pond. You know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. No more than four inches deep. You know, just a little pond. I oh. think it'd be exciting. 
we'd have to give them like a waterproofing weight bonus. Like they'd have to be able to build like 260 pound or 65 pound bots. So they have like 15 pounds of waterproofing they're allowed to put in. Yeah. We might I mean, as well just give the nut to, to duck. <laughs> Surprisingly if, with ducks uh, low wheels, I'm not sure how well they would do in a pond. If, uh, you know, if BattleBots 2021 is any indication, you could just roll out a water feature like a month before the uh, builders have to ship <laughs> and they'll just have to live with it, you know? So that's what I would do, all right? Uh, all right, Noel Viegas asks, what are each of your dream matches slash matches you want to see happen in the 2021 season? This is a good one. Dream matchups. Who's got a, who's, who's got a strong one? I feel very on the spot. Hold on, let me think. Listen, I'll answer my own question. First first fight like of the year has to be Endgame versus Bite Force. Just get Ooh. it out of the way. All right. Luke, I, yeah. You say that. We have no confirmation that there's a Bite Force in this tournament yet. Right. Yes. Um, I, I will say also notably, uh, I reached out to Paul Ventimiglia and he left me on red. And that's yeah. okay because... Wow, I understand that he's no, no, no. I, I, I know where Luke's Literally. going with this. It's okay. It's okay. It's a hundred percent okay for a couple reasons. One, I love Paul Ventimiglia. If you're listening to this episode, Paul, you're like, you know, I, you're amazing, and I'm one of your biggest fans. Okay, <laughs> you're like uh, a father to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, we are so okay. glad you've gotten to talk to you a few times, Paul. You're amazing. Absolutely. Yes. Two, Paul Ventimiglia, whether he goes or he doesn't go, all right, is like huge news so like if he was to come on the show and say i'm not going okay that'd be massive and if he went on the show and he said i am going that'd be also massive yep. so uh he's he's under like uh eight levels of ndas that you know the, a normal builder would like to, is not subjected to so totally fine that he left me on red it is all good um but okay first first episode first fight end game versus uh bite force uh, one of two things happens. One, right? Uh, Bite Force beats Endgame. Boom. The king is back, right? Okay, here's the mountain. You got to climb it once again, right? There's your storyline. Uh, or Bite Force loses. And oh my God, the king is bleeding. All right, 17 matches in a row. Finally, like, loses one. It's amazing, right? Maybe Endgame is going to be taking home the giant nut for a second time. And uh, that becomes a massive storyline. So I think, you know, we got to... Got got to go big, I think, Aaron Catling for the uh, for the first episode. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, uh, Tombstone versus Minotaur is the first fight in a season. I think is one of my favorites for that very reason. It was like Minotaur was the runner up. They were there to show themselves as like the powerful up and comer, the the guys who were coming for the nut, and then you know the monster <laughs> just mm. says no, thank you, go home, have a good one, and that set the tone for that entire season so yeah i i from a storyline perspective i agree that would be the best idea it's, it has to happen what about you chris and Lindsay? uh how about a tombstone perfect phoenix matchup <laughs> oh my god dark wow oh my god at the end of the That's match the everyone's yeah. crying hey, you they want to sell drama they want to sell drama that's how you could manufacture some. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, God. That is terrible. Okay. I love it. I think it's a great idea. 
Uh, my answer, my official answer, is I want to see Sawblaze and Mammoth because I want to see if Sawblaze can like saw Mammoth's frame in half or something. Okay. All right. I think solid. I think if I had to pick a fight uh, for next season that I want to see, uh, there has to be a huge and mammoth rematch. And Mm. I agree. And it should happen earlier in the season than that. Like we should have prime versions of both robots that are in like they have everything together. Uh. Lindsay, I, I want to start with you here. What is the saddest rejection that you heard this year? Bot that was rejected. Saddest. Am I allowed to swear in this answer? Yeah, yeah I mean, you're the you one who's going to have to bleep it out, right? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're the one yeah. leaving the podcast. So yeah, probably, I guess. <laughs> um, I think that rejecting Nelly was a bunch of bullshit. Whoa! And I'm really, yeah, I'm really mad about it. I will take that to the grave. Um, I it it is flummoxing to me. I do not understand, um, and I think it was stupid, and I think it was wrong, and I really wish that Nelly was coming back. Not only because I want to see Nelly and Rusty in the match we all deserve, but I love everybody on uh, on that team. And Sarah and Rara, I I need to uh, avenge you know this this wrong somehow. Lindsay, this is the maddest that I've heard you all month, and I was actually not expecting you to be this mad. <laughs> That's great. Um, I also agree with you. Nelly is my similarly the saddest rejection, and I think that it's saddest when you start to see um, acceptance like announcements from other teams. And you're like, how is that team in? But Nelly the Ellibot is out. That is just uh, salt on the wounds, I would say. Chris, Kyle, your your thoughts. Are you are you joining us in the the Nelly basket? Uh, the saddest rejection I had this year uh, happened just yesterday uh, when I was at a flea market in Providence, uh, right next to Brown University. And uh, the person ahead of me got the last jelly donut at this tent. (laughs) And I didn't get a jelly donut. I had no jelly donuts. And they told me that they have a lot of other things that I might like. (laughs) And I told them that I wanted a jelly donut and that I was very upset. And then I left. That is a very close interpretation of Noel's question. I like it. Uh, How about you, Kyle? (laughs) Um, well, clearly I'm most upset about Deator. That one's the most upsetting, but, um, second, close second to that would be Grass Kicker. Really sorry that they got, uh, you know, censored for free speech issues or I actually don't know what happened with them. I'm making stuff up. Um, the one, but no, it's Nelly. I mean, honestly, like they're fun. They were great on TV. The robot's hilarious. Um, you cheer for it, even if it doesn't win. It has entertaining fights every time, and that team was game for anything. So, yeah, Nelly, that would be the best one to have back, clearly. Yeah, all right. 
Uh, we're going to go over to a nine-part question from Alexander Archer. I love Alexander's questions, and um, I really appreciate all of the thought that he puts into these. Um, so let's just run through these. Um, maybe maybe I'll sign just one person per per question. I think that that might work. Um, all right, uh, Kyle, can Endgame defend the title as the reigning champion, or will Bite Force, if Bite Force is returning, or Tombstone reclaim the throne? Or will someone else win the giant nut this season? Your prediction, Kyle. I just want to point out that on our episode, the fellas from Endgame, right? They said that 2020, uh, 2020 Endgame could have defeated 2019 Bite Force pretty easily. Ooh. Or pretty handily, I think is what they said. Okay. To which I say, Bite Force literally built long forks for a fight between fights once in a few hours and won with them because they just had to adapt quickly to another bot that like had some lower game than them, right? Lower ground game. Like, you should never say that, <laughs> A. And <laughs> B, don't count out how amazingly good at this stuff the team from like bite forces team aptics robotics are at this sport like they are all top notch pit crew members team members logistics people like they can just get anything anywhere and make it happen so and they're so prepared you know like no i just don't see uh another four-wheel drive vertical spinner defeating bite force anytime soon Wild. All right. I love it. Uh, Chris, when did Behind the Bots start? Whose idea was it to have a podcast dedicated to BattleBots and robot combat in general? Take us back in time, Chris. I'll take you back. Uh, I think about 100 episodes. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and uh, the, the, I would say that, uh, Luke, you and I had talked about having a podcast before we knew what subject matter we wanted to have a podcast about. Yeah, we were um, thinking initially true crime. <laughs> Maybe, like, mostly true crime, because otherwise <laughs> it just takes way too much research. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I remember, uh, it, you know, we, we, we had just kind of wrapped up a, a season of BattleBots, and I was desperately trying to uh, lure other folks into the fandom that Lindsay and I uh, enjoyed so much, and you uh, you caught a glimpse of it, and you immediately became hooked and watched the entire season and uh, virtually all other uh, digitized uh, formats of the show, yeah. uh, dating back to the '90s, all uh, probably without sleeping, uh, uh, just just sustaining yourself on warm poke bowls. Until you had completed everything and now have like a uh, a um, uh, like a like a photocopy memory of of everything, but you know it was uh, it was then when you kind of went down that rabbit hole that you realized, hey, this is uh, this is really interesting. These people who uh, make these bots are all very unique, and they all come from different places. And then that's kind of uh, the 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 nutrient rich soil that we that we um, grew this podcast in. Yeah. In 2018, I had no idea that combat robotics really even existed. Um, and it's kind of wild how much it's like consumed my free time and my hobby like time. Um, 
to the point where like uh i feel very comfortable talking about combat robotics and like you know broadcasting on the norok havoc live stream which i feel like is a pretty intense combat robotics environment but like really two and a half years ago had no i couldn't tell you who bite force or tombstone was like um mm-hmm. so yeah uh I, I i am a relative newcomer i would say to uh to the fandom um but yeah i don't know it's been fun i'm glad that we did this um okay uh Lindsay, uh looking at the confirmed roster on reddit season six rumor mill which bot are you most excited to see compete this season i don't think it's just confined to new bots but it's all bots you know yeah i mean it's probably a cop-out to say Sawblaze. I think this is their year. Yeah. Yeah. I think last year was going to be their year um, if they weren't blindsided by Tantrum. But that's not going to happen again uh, because, you know, they they don't – they learn from every loss. So, I don't know. I think it's going to be t- uh, Sawblaze's year. Come at me. All right. Uh, Kyle, which end of the season giant bolt award would you like BattleBots to start handing out like they did with the best newcomer award last season? So if you could create a new giant bolt award, what would it be for? Oh, that's such a great idea. And yes, I'm glad they invented that uh, category to give Dave Eaton an award because uh, Dave Eaton deserved all of the awards that season. They should have just given him the nut and all of the bolts because that man was a national treasure and I can't wait to see him come back um, if yeah. he's able to do so. Um, if I had to add an award, mm. I think it would honestly be like best, either best driver or best pit crew. Okay. Right? Yeah. Like, if there is a team that like did miracles as far as like putting a bot back together after a fight, they should be um, given much kudos for that dedication and lack of sleep to get her done. Uh, but similarly, I mean, best driver is probably a long time coming, and that would be one that would spark much debate and conversation amongst the fandom. Okay. Chris, I know that you uh, you have passionate thoughts about this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it over to you too. Do you have a thought on uh, what uh, what end of season awards they should add? Well, I know I know that there's an award that we want to add. Yeah. Uh, collectively. Yeah. And uh, we've even we've even had the award manufactured. <laughs> right. Yes. Tell us about this because it's sitting in your house, Chris. Oh, we're gonna. Do you want to? Do you want to just pull back this curtain? Oh man, please do it, Chris. You've done so much spoiling. Now I just can't handle the anticipation. So, um, one of our, uh, one of our, uh, our colleagues here, uh, Mr. Luke Stangl will be attending, uh, BattleBots 2021 in Las Vegas. And with him, he will be, uh, bringing the very first, uh, and hopefully not only, uh, behind the bots, uh, the People's Bot Award. Oh no. It is, uh, Produced by Send Cut Send, and it is a giant aluminum washer that fits the giant nut and giant bolt. Uh, I was not aware that I was going to be flying with this. Chris, I booked tickets on Frontier. I can't even bring a stick of gum with me, okay? I'm going to have to buy clothes when I get there. 
Uh, you can wear the giant washer, <laughs> like maybe just like around your neck as you fly. Got it. And use it as perhaps a uh, like a sleeping pillow. Um, <laughs> or a flotation device. Or, or a flotation device. <laughs> because I don't think Frontier gives you those either. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Okay. Well, if you see me on Frontier, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, riding for a $36 round trip, uh, and I'm wearing a Flava Flav uh, giant washer, you'll know why. Okay, good. Uh, Chris, uh, we'll stay with you. What is your reaction to hearing that Jenny Taft will not be returning as the pit reporter this season due to getting a new football gig? Uh, well, I mean, I, I am now a seasoned pit reporter, having done one segment at Norwalk Havoc. <laughs> Yes. Uh, and uh, so that was uh, that was terrifying. And so I have a ton of um, respect for 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 Jenny. And I think she did an absolutely incredible job last season. I'll just say that, like, uh, she was able to like kind of like, you know, really kind of drill into a situation, get to know a builder real quick. She asked great questions and they have not ruled out uh, Jenny's return for a 22 uh, uh, 2022 season. So first, I would just like to congratulate her on getting a new gig. Uh, for for the year, and uh, you know, we hope that we do see her uh, next year. But again, as as a now seasoned pit reporter, if anyone out there in football does want to give me a job uh, announcing football for lots and lots of money, I know nothing pretty much about football, but I I I can d- make it quite a delivery. That's good. All right, Lindsay, what is your favorite fight from the entire reboot of BattleBots? Wow. Um, I will say uh, Sawblaze versus Son of Wayachi. Yeah. That's a great one. So That was a great fight. And it fills me with joy. It just like fills me with joy. You can I, I can still see it in my head that that like saw oh, coming yeah. down, you know? Woo! I mean, I feel one. like every match I'm like chasing that moment that feeling <laughs> kyle if bounty hunters does return which legends do you think will have bounties on their heads oof if bounty hunters was to return uh clearly bite force would need a bounty on their head no um, no why sorry why not? keep going Okay, I believe there's some kind of secret criteria for for bounty hunters, and it can't be the champ of the season. That just doesn't make any sense, all right? Well, he's not the champ of this season. He's a champ of past seasons. No, 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 no. You have to feel like there's a possibility that you can win, all right? (laughs) They... They no, okay. A no one would sign up for that bounty, and Paul Ventimiglia De- would definitely win. Okay, so there, <laughs> take out all of the uh, all of the tension from that episode. All right, okay. I could be a producer on the show, you guys. All right, it's got to be a robot that's really good, <laughs> but can sometimes lose. All right, Tombstone, great uh, example. Well, in that case, if I if I yeah yeah, uh, Lockjaw would have to be the the clear and honest choice after that. Yes. Um, if we're yes. going by that criteria. Yes. Uh, but, you know. If- On the next episode of BattleBots Bounty Hunters, uh, Blacksmith versus uh, this Class 5 aircraft carrier. <laughs> I mean, you know, it is the yes, Discovery Lockjaw. Channel. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Donald Hudson, Lockjaw. Okay. 
All right, cool. Any any others that you want to see added to the uh, still unconfirmed Bounty Hunters lineup? Well, since like we're talking Donald Hudson, I mean, he said he keeps all of the parts of all of the bots together. So, like, wouldn't it be really funny if he brought back, like, Tazbot? Yes. yes. <laughs> could be could be just, you yeah. know, a little dissector action. Could be kind of silly yeah. to just see them lumbering around the box. Yeah. Just show how it. much, like, the engineering really has changed in, you know, 20-some-odd years. Back to you, Chris. How happy are you that there are 11 international teams this season compared to last season's four international teams? Uh, by my math, that's almost twice as many, so I'm very excited. <laughs> almost, yes. Uh, and then, Lindsay, final question from Alexander Archer goes to you. Would you ever actually compete on BattleBots instead of just talking about it? Oh, it's a very wow. accusatory question, Alexander. And I'm going to say, <laughs> Lindsay, you're going to answer it for us. I'll take one for the team. Um, Listen, OK, it's my my semi serious dream is to build a 12 pound sportsman for Norwalk Havoc, because I think that that would give me um some building experience, some driving experience, some pit experience, and then I'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be cool, but, like, I was a history major in college and a political science major. I don't know anything about engineering, uh, and I know there's lots of YouTube stuff out there, but, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start small with a 12-pound sportsman. I don't know if I'll get it done in time this year. But mark my words, it's going to happen. I am now being uh, held accountable to that. So this is your, your semi-serious wish? No, this yeah. is now my... It, it moved from semi-serious to serious. Whoa. Oh, so, so serious. But let's just say you were to become a master at something. Oh. What would you want to become a master at, Lindsay? Okay, that's not fair. <laughs> that's not... <laughs> Hold on, just a quick story while we're talking about it. Lindsay, okay. uh, she is a... Um, she is one of the most incredible human beings I know because uh, she 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 gets like these really great ideas sometimes, and sometimes it kind of uh, it just dips its toes into the to the to the pool of fantastical. <laughs> and she uh, she turned to me the other day and with a total serious face on, she looked at me and she just said, "You know, Chris, I want to become a broth master." <laughs> I do. I want wow. like delicious, tasty broths that you can add to meals, and it really elevates it. Is that so wrong? <laughs> what is a broth master, though? <laughs> I, I can make consomme. I can make stock. I can make broth. Lindsay, I mean, the list I, goes on. I love how how you always just shoot. Just straight for what's possible. Because, like, other people say, I want to be a soup master, but, like, broth, that's the <laughs> fundamental part of soup. You're not even at soup. It's just broth. <laughs> I actually don't like soup. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm learning things. I'm learning <sighs> things. Okay. Uh, Cameron Hutton has a question for all of us. 
what is your favorite interview that you've ever done on the show? Wait, wait, Chris. Hold on, before we do that, I want to go. I want to go back to a point real quick. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was just thinking about this before we learned about um, Lindsay liking <laughs> soup but not broth. Uh, no, no, first, broth first. Oh, I'm sorry. Not like not liking soup but liking broth. <laughs> yes. Um, so, could you imagine for just a moment if a serious person seriously asked Jenny Taft when she's going to put on the shoulder pads and a helmet? And go play football instead of talk about it. Interesting. Ooh, right? Okay. But yet we get uh-huh. asked literally all the time when we're going to build a bot. Listen, guys. <laughs> these people okay. are like real smart who built these bots. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I don't think we're ever going to build a robot that like finishes in the top 32. But I think <laughs> right. we will we'll someday build a robot that is like really entertaining to watch, right? Sure, sure. We could do that. do that. Yeah, we understand enough to, to build something funny and fun. Yeah. Just I, I feel like I feel like, you know, I have Greg Munson's email address. We we sometimes trade correspondence. I feel like I could maybe jump to the front of the line if I sent him, you know, a CAD of a really fun looking weird robot that is gonna be the beloved robot of the season. All right. Perhaps if you sent it alongside a uh, uh, a quart jar of Lindsay's signature beef broth. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. I make a really good stock. <laughs> we gotta we gotta call it broth bot. We we gotta go from hot poke to hot broth, right? <laughs> All right, Cameron wants to know what our favorite uh, interview of all time is. Is there an interview that sticks out for you? I have one that instantly springs to mind, but I would love to hear... Chris, I feel like we talk about this a lot. What was your favorite interview, most memorable interview from the last 100 episodes? Oof. Um, well, I uh, I really enjoyed, believe it or not, at, at, just as a, as an as an interviewer, what was the... Uh, was the was the episode that we had with Bob Girardi. Yes. Like he was just so mysterious and different and yes. had that silky voice. I just like everything about it made me feel like, uh, like I actually, uh, wasn't so bad at this whole podcast thing. Yes. This was pre Kyle. And we tracked down Bob Girardi, uh, builder of Daisy Cutter, which did not have a televised fight, but we had heard like just wild rumors about this robot. That was a really good episode. And Bob, I will say, I don't know if we talked about this on the show, but Bob was so sweet. After the show ended, he mailed me a check. Did I tell you guys this? Yes. He mailed, he mailed me a check with this really sweet note saying, like, here is the first $200 for your first robot build. Like, um, I just thought it was, like, the sweetest gesture. And he was like, thanks so much for having me on. And, like, it was a really – he was, like, super, super cool guy and, like, really, really interesting. And his robot, by all accounts, was, like, just an absolute monster and um, super memorable. So – Wait, hold on. Someone's calling me. No, 
Um, uh, that's probably Bob now with another check. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, I like that answer. Good answer. Uh, Lindsay, your favorite episode from the last uh, interview from the last 100 episodes. Um, I thought it was really, really fun when we interviewed Elaine uh, Wu from Railgun Max. Ooh, um, I was a, because we I had loved a, that like, interview. I loved it. Yeah, it was so so interesting, and we had to kind of like maneuver uh, to get it done because of the time difference and technology, you know, <laughs> and, access and, and a Chinese firewall. I think right, exactly. Yeah. Um, So that was cool that we were able to make that happen. But also, I I think it was like our third interview where we just swung for the fences and interviewed Will Bales. Um, And I remember I was like, how did we go from like just talking about this on the couch? And now Will Bales has agreed to talk with us like us. It was so surreal. And, uh, man, it was just so cool. Yeah. Do you feel like, like we, we are maybe semi friends with Will Bales now at this point? Cause we've now had him on the podcast a couple times and, um, I've, I've since ordered a Hypershock neon sign from him and we got I mean, to hang out with him be- in Orlando, you know, at Robot Ruckus. True. We're not semi enemies. Yes, I guess that's true. Deep cuts. I, say, I like enjoy his company, and he enjoys ours. I think. Yeah, I love yeah. Will Bales. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, Kyle, your your favorite interview from the the last two and a half years? Man, there are so many good ones. This is such a hard question, but um, my mind kept going back to one particular afternoon where Chris and I sat down and talked to Matt Orline, one of the founders of Megabots. Yeah. And it was after everything kind of collapsed. And yeah. it was one of the greatest, like, from an interview perspective, it was so much fun because he had no more NDAs. He had no more pretenses. We were just like, hey, man, what happened? And he was like, oh, sure, no problem. Let me go into full detail about everything that went right and all of the things that went wrong, and I will throw people under the bus, and it's just perfectly fine, and, like, it's all good. And he just, like, laid it out. And at the end of that interview, both Chris and I were like, can you believe that just, like, happened? Like, he just, like, laid, like, can you believe that? It was mind-numbingly cool. And um, he's such an interesting person, and it's cool to see, like, I've really enjoyed following his kind of career since then and what he's been doing with YouTube and, like, what he's been presenting to his audience. Um, it It's a cool story. And I was really glad to get that interview. And it was cool to do it with just Chris and I because we don't get a lot of, uh, like, joint ventures on this podcast. So that was neat. I yeah. remember after that interview... Um, we like emailed him the transcript to be like, hey, if there's anything that like you want us to remove, we can do that. And he replied a minute later, like he hadn't even read it. He's like, nah, just run it. <laughs> there's like, there's like, you know, telling you how the sausage gets made. And then there's like inviting you into the butcher, <laughs> into the slaughterhouse. And and watching them load the animals into the machine, <laughs> it was wild. It was a, such a wild interview, and I loved every second of it. 
We don't we don't uh we don't do that with every guest by the way. We're we're not usually calling like the Vasquez's afterwards and be like, "Do you want to confirm everything you said?" Because typically we don't worry about it, but in this particular case, Lindsay took yeah. the time to reach out. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really good interview. It was a lot of fun. Uh, for, for me, my my favorite interview is the first time that we ever interviewed Kraken Captain Matt Spurk. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. And so I, uh, sausage gets made. I write the script for the show every week and I write like little bios for each one of the builders. And I come up with like kind of our first set of questions before we kick it over to the listeners like Cameron and Alexander and Mary Catherine Carr. And, um, I had, you know, like taken a look at Matt Spurk's LinkedIn and I had like, you know, taken a look at his whole background and I had all these questions because he had, he was like a Disney engineer beforehand. And um, I just thought that was so incredibly interesting. And like, I um, just love talking to Disney engineers and Disney uh, employees whenever I can. Cause I just think that the operation of the parks is really cool. And we had come to like kind of the end of <laughs> all of my questions about Disney and I was like, wow, it's like really neat that you have this cool job or you used to have this cool job at Disney. And he's like, oh, well, I kind of think my current job is kind of cool. And I was like, oh, your current job. I have no idea. What what do you do now? And he's like, oh, uh, yeah, I work on the rocket program at NASA. <laughs> I was like, what? I had no idea. It like I, caught me completely off, like off guard. And um we had no plan for like, we had no NASA questions or anything. And we just went completely off the cuff and it was like so delightful. And Matt Spurk is legitimately one of the smartest people that <laughs> we've ever talked to. And um, it's so cool that um, I don't know. I just, uh, that, that moment was like just a lightning bolt of delight. So um, I love, I still love that the show still portrays him as like, Silly pirate man from Florida with the big family and the pirates. And he's so silly. Look at the little normal yeah. robots. He's great. And it's like also a literal rocket scientist. Right. <laughs> or NASA right. engineer. But yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope that this year we could talk about his rockets at least a little bit. All right. Because I think that's a pretty interesting part of his story. It's a little interesting to be working on that program. Yeah. Yeah. Slightly, slightly. All right. Uh, Tara Fisher wants to know what are everyone's favorite podcasts to listen to? She didn't say other than behind the bots. Uh, but I, I know for a fact that Chris and Lindsay don't listen to our show. So uh, there's that. Uh, what other podcasts? I do you, listen do you when listen I to? edit. <laughs> it's uh, possible that nobody listens to our show more than Lindsay and I. Yeah. All right. I suppose that's true. All right. What, what are your favorite podcasts? Do you listen to podcasts? Uh, well, that's a good question. Yeah, we, well, we listen to a few. Um, uh, we we listen to uh, Conan O'Brien needs a friend, Ooh. Uh, which is uh, uh, really really funny and hilarious. And uh, check that out if you want to make Conan O'Brien richer. Um, uh, we also listen. We've been getting into now uh, as both uh, Dungeons and Dragons enthusiasts. Uh, we've been uh, listening to Dungeons and Daddies, which is a uh, a, a a podcast that is set in the forgotten realms that is um uh for dads uh who are uh kind of exploring this this uh this world uh in their minivan uh looking for their sons who have been kidnapped 
Not a BDSM podcast. Right. Uh, Dungeons and Daddies, not a BDSM podcast. Um, it's actually, uh, it's not not necessarily kid-friendly, but it's 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 quite funny. It's it's really hilarious. Uh, in that same vein, I do like the uh, the vlog uh, 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 cast show um, Critical Role also, which, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of. Uh, I'm, like, still 150 episodes behind, uh, which, you know, when they're, like, four hours each, that's a whole lot of content that I have to watch, so. I also like uh, Las Culturistas. With, Las Culturistas. <laughs> with uh, Bo and Yang from SNL and Matt Rogers, uh, another comedian. And uh, when I can stomach it, Pod Save America. Nice. Yeah. It's a little less apocalyptic this year, I would say. That's good. Uh, Kyle, how about you? Favorite podcast? Do you listen to podcasts? I listen to podcasts, yeah. Um, I'll do a brief, like, robot podcast shout out because i know um a lot of us listen to a lot of other robot podcasts but may as well give them some love on our 100th episode um i listen to a lot but uh i'll say um shuncast of course and bots 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 those guys do really good work i also love the spinner proof podcast it's so much fun to listen to those guys's those guys uh adventures and misadventures building bots and going to competitions um, and it's really fun, like from the builder's perspective with two guys that didn't really know what they were doing until like a few years ago, you know, so it's cool to like get that, that perspective. Um, yeah, like the hardcore podcast is pretty fun, but aside from bots podcast, and I'm sorry if I missed your podcast, there are a lot of robot podcasts that are really good. Um, but aside from robot podcasts, I'd say I have a pretty eclectic taste. Um, I like, like for news, I like, um, Breaking Points with Crystal and Sagar. I think that's a lot of fun. I listen to Wired to Hunt pretty regularly, um, which is a, a like kind of millennials hunting podcast. Um, <laughs> okay. I listen to Voices of Your Village, which is a good parenting co- uh, podcast. Um, so yeah, and Respectful Parenting with Janet Lansbury. I do a lot of parenting podcasts. And uh, I actually don't like Pod Save America very much, but I do enjoy Pod Save the World. I like the foreign policy show. It's pretty fun. Interesting. Um, yeah, I I've listen. I'm pretty basic um, NPR fan, so I uh, subscribe to This American Life. I'm I'm looking at my podcast player, uh, Planet Money, Radio Lab, and uh, Reply All. Um, and yes, also a big big fan of the Robot Podcast as well. Shout out to Breaking Bots, uh, which hasn't put out an episode since 2020, and uh, really hope that uh, the cam is on the mend. And uh, yeah, huge huge fan of their their work. Yeah, good, oh, an unofficial good. unofficial BattleBots podcast. I've got a shout out to them. I love following along with how their lists change throughout the season. It's really fun. Yeah. Also, for including NPR, then I have to say, wait, wait, don't tell me, and uh, Brian Lair. Oh yeah, on WNYC, I think Brian Lair is the gold standard of uh, just like audio journalism yeah. Yeah. interviewing. Yeah. Good. Uh, speaking of the Shuncast, Shuncast co-host Dale Bruce asks, "Why are you all so awesome, even if you don't know?" Guess. So, uh, Kyle, why are you so awesome? If you don't know, just guess. <laughs> Uh, I can tell you why I think I'm pretty awesome at this particular podcast, and it's because I collect, uh, useless, sometimes information very well. Um, so, like, I'm able to remember a lot of interesting things about builders and bots, um, and I like seeking that information out. I go into kind of deep research rabbit holes and 
learn as much as I can and sometimes uh, try to track down information that I really want. And it's fun. Um, so, yeah, that's that's something that makes me awesome for this particular podcast. Um, also, I think I cringe at uh, Chris's puns better than literally anyone. So there's that. <laughs> Lindsay, why are you so awesome? Uh, I can make a really good stock. <laughs> <laughs> Brings it right back. Nice. <laughs> nice. You're the That's stock my guess, Dale. Yeah. Good. Lindsay, uh, other, other than your, your aversion to soup and your love of, of broths, uh, what, you know, there's other things to make you awesome. I'm going to probe you on this. Wow. Okay. You're not letting me off with a joke answer. Yeah. Um, oh, geez. All right. I, uh, I, I have a solution. Chris, tell me why Lindsay is so awesome. And then Lindsay, you tell me why Chris is so awesome. How about that? Oh, I can do that. Yeah. All right. Lindsay, why is Chris so awesome? Oh, um, Chris is awesome because I think that he has a lot of integrity and character, which is a rare thing in a human. He is loyal, um, but he is also extremely quick. Uh, his brain works faster than anyone I've ever met. Um, he's very funny. He's he's very kind. He'll go out of his way to, you know, help a stranger, even if that stranger will never know that he did it. Like if we're like, uh, you know, at a pizza place, he'll put like five dollars in the tip jar. But the person at the counter will never see. He just like does it to be a good person. Um, and he's just so funny and great. And uh, he is a great human. I love it. And I totally agree. Uh, Chris, why is Lindsay so awesome? Uh, Lindsay is so awesome because, um, not, not only is she great, but I think that she brings out the greatness in others. Um, so like, it doesn't matter who you put her with, she's going to resonate and, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm having a bad day. Uh, you know, Lindsay has a way to, you know, kind of help me see it, uh, as, uh, like through, through rose colored glasses and, uh. You know, that's 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 a rare quality when it's just it's so easy, uh, especially with like how crazy the world is right now, uh, you know, to kind of uh, bring others with you down into a rabbit hole. But she keeps me uh, she keeps me, you know, um, uh, right where I, I need to be. And that is uh, and that is such an incredible quality for someone to have. That's so sweet. Yeah. We just celebrated our sixth anniversary. Oh, I love it. And how did you celebrate? And, you know, kind of bringing it back to our uh, our introduction an hour and a half ago. Uh, an all-you-can-eat lobster buffet in Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> Called what? The, the Nordic? Is that right? Yes, the Nordic. We went to the Nordic. And together, uh, Lindsay and I celebrated our six-year uh, anniversary by eating ten lobsters. <laughs> And like, and like a lot of crab legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I and really want to go. And then we bottled that in the restaurant. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, uh, I was semi serious when I, when I threatened to uh, come and crash your anniversary dinner by uh, <laughs> driving six hours round trip just to Rhode Island to go to that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, 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 I can't wait to go. It sounds interesting. Um, 
All right. Uh, gosh. Uh, Lindsay, I also feel similarly uh, strange about uh, describing why I'm awesome. So I will say, uh, I think one of my strengths on this show is I have a pretty good memory, kind of like Kyle. And um, I am pretty systematic about how I gather information and I can remember a lot of it. So uh, I feel like I have context often when I'm talking about uh, robots, which I love. Um, it's a super cool knowledge base to cultivate. And I'm glad that I preserve uh, space in my brain for it. Um, okay, good. Um, speaking of the shunt cast, shunt casting queen and Nelly the Ellie Bot captain, Sarah Mullin wants to know, what is your favorite shunt posting meme? Pick one. Each one of us has to pick one. Although I think Lindsay and I are going to pick the same one because we've talked about it before. Uh, favorite shunt casting memes, Kyle, Chris, Lindsay. I mean, clearly it's Will Bales and the Mankini. Oh my God. That's mine. I Lindsay, mean, was that, that yours? No, I was going to say the most handsomest boy competition. Yeah, I love the most handsomest boy competition. Yes, yes, yeah. We got to we got to we got to add ourselves to that, I think, for 2021. <laughs> okay, if, yeah. if, we, if we put like all of us together as one handsomest boy, that would do you think that would work? Um <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. We'll have to ask Sarah that next time we have her on the podcast. Yeah. All right. So uh, I feel like I, at one point in my life, earned that title because uh, when I was a, a, a young girl, my uh, mom dressed me in like gender neutral clothing, <laughs> uh, which, you know, for the late 80s, early 90s, like she's ahead of the curve. Sure. Um. And I had like a, a mullet-esque hairstyle. And I remember one time I was visiting my grandma and her neighbor came over uh, and entered the room and said, what a handsome man. Right to me. <laughs> right to me. So I won. But I won probably back in, I don't know, 94 or no, 92 probably. Yeah, let's go with 92. Wow. Wow. 28 years later, you become the broth uh, queen of the Hudson Valley. That's amazing. <laughs> I will say this. One of my favorite moments that ever happened because of the uh, shunt posting is that morning at like 1115 when in all caps, Chris starts angrily typing to like all of the group chats. Who is that naked man? And why does he keep appearing on my Facebook feed? I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> And it was when the the anniversary of shunt posting was happening and the original founder was like just laying on his like chaise lounge, butt up in the air, completely naked, talking about how he missed shunt posting and couldn't wait to see how well they do into the next year. <sighs> <laughs> good, good question. I mean, it was a broken meme, though. <laughs> The meme was broken. It had a huge crack in it. Huge crack. <laughs> All right. Uh, and, and, and Mike Stropkovich, who runs the uh, Mr. Psycho channel on YouTube, the very excellent Mr. Psycho channel on YouTube, has a thought-provoking question for all of us. When is Behind the Bots going to finally look at the front of the bots? <laughs> why, why are we always looking behind? <laughs> That's funny. That 
is a funny question. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. We're going to transition over to uh, individual questions led by a BattleBot superfan, Mary Catherine Carr. Can I, can um, I read those yeah, uh, well, I, I was thinking we, we, we shouldn't have to read our own. So, Kyle, maybe you can start us off. Uh, I think her, her first question Yeah, how about were, this? How about I'll start me. us off, and then the questions that are for me, we can pass off to, like, Lindsay. Me? Yeah, no, no, I'll, I'll ask them, and then Lindsay and Chris, they can ask one another. You know, oh, yeah, I like that plan. All right, cool. So yeah. I'll ask Luke okay. his questions. Good, 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 good. Okay. Uh, here we go. Um, so Mary says, my first questions are for Luke. Uh First and foremost, why does your partner hate robots? Now, Mary is obviously a big fan of our show because you'd have to listen pretty regularly to know that uh, Luke's fiance hates robots. So, Luke, could you please um, explain to us why you are planning on getting married to such a, obviously a person with such horrible <laughs> taste that they don't like robots? All right. I don't know where this idea came from because uh, Jackie loves robots. <laughs> Uh, Jackie, are, are you are you down here? Yeah. All right. Uh, Jackie, come come over here. Come. Yeah, come Jackie, Jackie, come on. Answer this question. Can I can I ask Jackie, her like a like a serious Jackie. TV interviewer? Yeah, Jackie, Jackie, come on over. Here. Hi, Jackie. How are you? Yeah. All right. So Mary Catherine Carr wants to know why do why you do you, you Jackie why do you hate robots so much? I'm really not sure where this rumor got started. Yeah. <laughs> it's not true. Okay. You love robots. I quite enjoy BattleBots. What's your favorite robot? Um, well, I think that I enjoy a few. Okay. I'll name two. Okay. Uh, my first is Rusty. Oh, obviously. Good. Yeah. I just love him, and I would lo like to see him in real life, for sure. He's just lovable. Yeah. And then I would say Chomp. Yeah. Because Chomp is just an engineering feat. Marvel. Yeah, right. Pretty badass captain. Yeah, we can't swear on this podcast, but okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, and like just pushes the boundaries, I would say, of like robotics and engineering. And I think that's important. Okay. Wow. Um, and I also listen every week because I listen to this live. <laughs> right, I guess. For the record, you do you do catch the show live entire Monday night. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it really is because you can't stream Netflix I, or anything. I'm not allowed to watch anything. No, yeah. I'm not allowed to stream anything. Keep the dog quiet and yeah. my dad quiet. It's right. a lot of work. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Mary Catherine Carr, uh, Jackie loves loves robots. Is that is that yeah. is that your message to Mary? I think I like them. Yeah. Yeah. I, you I, you watch every single episode of BattleBots every mm -hmm, week. I do. Yeah. Yeah. And even, you, you even catch the Norwalk Havoc. Through, I say, please stop fast forwarding. Luke, I, I fast forward so for fast my forward. own reasons. We don't need to talk about those. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Jackie, you have a great podcast voice. He's also taking notes a lot of the time, and that's kind of annoying. <laughs> watch the show like normal speed. I, I've I've become I've become the kind of insufferable fan who skips through all mm -hmm. of the Chris and Kenny yeah. like kind of interview and stuff. Yeah, and like I don't need to hear. Now how... we're never going to get them on the show. Yeah, way to go. <laughs> <laughs> I really love Chris and Kenny, but you know, you already know everything. I 
I, 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 ju- I just want to watch the fights in slow motion and kind mm-hmm. of like understand the physics of the, the robots. Mm-hmm. But anyway, mm-hmm. thanks for putting me on blast, Jackie. I, I appreciate it. I put you on blast. All right. Any other words that you want to say to uh, the BattleBots fans and the builders? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I just say keep on doing what you're doing. I think it's so important, especially to encourage and inspire kids. Jackie works in STEM. I work in tech. It's yeah. really important. We don't have enough engineers, especially female engineers. Diversity in engineering, representation in engineering is super important. Yeah. Um, you're doing great. I hope more spinoffs of BattleBots kind of trickle out and this becomes like a regular thing that you can just go to in your like local community. That'd oh. be really cool. Well, you did that great. Cool. I think we should maybe have a fifth co-host, you guys. Who needs? All right. Unless you're talking about true crime or <laughs> lore or something yeah. like that, and probably not your our new broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> the broadcast. Also, I don't like broth. Yes, <laughs> Fifty Shades. <laughs> Who likes broth? Lindsay does. Lindsay I does. Jacqueline, do you like soup? I do like soup. Yeah, but I've never seen Lindsay. <laughs> No, no, you've never seen her eat soup before. She's always sipping broth every time we see her. <laughs> She's got a little nip, nip of uh, nipper of, of broth, you know, always uh, inside of her jacket. You know, I don't think that's true. That Lindsay's not a nipper. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Good, good opening question, Mary Catherine Carr. Good, good job. All right. All right. Uh, so, Chris, what makes you or what? Uh, no, 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 no. Sorry, Wait, you're right. Oh. We're going back to Luke. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, Luke, what makes you such a big backer of uh, backer of robot combat? And when things get to, get you down, what keeps you coming back to robot combat? Huh. Interesting. Um, okay, why am I such a big fan of combat robotics? Um, I initially was such a big fan because I thought the builders were really interesting and getting to know them was like just really pretty fascinating. And now I feel like I know the builders and I still love that part of it. Like I think the builders really are the the best, best part of this sport. Um, and I really love meeting kind of like all the fans in the sport too. But I would say like this year, I'm really getting into the physics of combat robotics by like going to Norwalk Havoc a lot. And I'm finding that really interesting, kind of like finding patterns in um, how robots perform compared to one yeah. another. Um, and then also kind of like, I'm just really falling in love with the insect weight classes in a way that um, I didn't really feel as connected like last year to, uh, just because there's so many events and so many robots <laughs> and so many builders in that weight class. But like, being able to see them all at Norwalk Havoc is really amazing. And it's just like the best thing ever. So that's what keeps me energized. Um, I love that answer. That gave me uh, just, you know, warm goose, bumpy, tingly feelings all over. Thank you. All right. So Luke, can we get a compilation from Norwalk of your most excited exclamations during the battles? <laughs> Uh, I hope that somebody does it because I think it'd be really hilarious. Um, I uh, I love saying your name, Kyle, like uh, on the broadcast, and I love screaming on the broadcast. Yeah. But it's all 100% like from a totally like authentic, genuine place. I like really get 
emotionally invested in these fights and I'm watching them so closely. And when I see a huge hit, like I am just celebrating with joy. Um, and I just want to share joy with you, Kyle. That's, uh, that's why I keep saying your name, you know? I mean, I <laughs> so, appreciate uh, it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we get a Kyle supercut and then you can share it with the council of Kyle's, you know? I would love that actually. That would be really great. I will say that if somebody like tried to do a deep fake program where they like tried to use your voice, you know, but only <laughs> used recordings from Norwalk, um, yeah. they would really only be able to get you like a computer version of you to uh, accurately say things to Kyle um, <laughs> in a very loud or excited manner. Uh, that would be like all they'd be able to do. You know, they, they might be able to get you to talk about like sandwiches or poke bowls to Kyle, yeah. but that's it. Yeah. Um, other than that, they just wouldn't have enough data. It was, it was weird. Cause like, I, I thought about it the other day and I was like, if Kyle ever started saying my name, I would feel very strange and like uncomfortable. <laughs> So I'm glad yeah, I would feel weird if you stopped saying my name during that. Yeah. During yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad that you don't because that would be strange. So I think we got a good thing going. So let's not rock the boat. All right. <laughs> I don't want anyone to know who I am. So that's perfect. All right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. I want that compilation. Anybody who feels like sifting through what would probably at this point be like what, 50, 60 some odd hours of. Yeah footage uh to put together all of the loud exclamations from luke that would be awesome um yeah you go right ahead uh <laughs> all right <laughs> um what is your ideal future for robot combat oh i love this question all right i love this question um okay so in the future i would like to a see combat robotics become an internet streaming thing. Like I love discovery channel. Um, I don't, I don't work for freaking battle bots. I don't love discovery channel. All right. I think it sucks. Okay. Um, I don't want to wait every week to get one episode. I want to get them all like on Netflix and, um, at the same time. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I think that it's a, it's crime that other countries have to wait sometimes for months before they can see these episodes that we get to see first. Um, yeah. And I think that such a huge part of the BattleBots experience is like the fandom and like that parts of the fandom don't get to see stuff because it's on cable or it's on yep. a $7 a month app, like really sucks. So I would love to see it go onto the internet, um, which would be great. So like kind of distribution, I think that's the future, of course. Um, Two, I think the BattleBots needs to get bigger. So, like, I want to see BattleBots regional qualifiers. I want to see maybe a format change where you have teams, these kind of, like, regional teams. So, like, here is the Florida team. Here is the Massachusetts team. You know, here's the California team. And they can come up with their own name and their own brand. But, like, to become a team captain, you have to land in the top eight or whatever. And then you have eight teams for the next season. And I think it'd be really interesting if the team captains could choose, um, basically like bring their own robots, kind of recruit robots to join their team and then choose matchups where they say, um, hey, you know, you're going to be facing a hammer. What remaining robots are you going to bring to the competition? And if your robot loses, then it's like out of your deck, basically. So you have to kind of like, talk a little bit more about the strategy. I think that would be really cool. 
Um, I think BattleBots in general, I would love to see more builder stories. So like go to the hometown of the builder. Um, let me see what their job is. Let me like kind of do more of that kind of documentary story behind the builders and really like emotionally invest in them. I think yeah. so many times, um, you know, we just want to cram eight fights into two hours, but I think we may, um, have more emotional resonance if we tell more of those kind of human stories. Cause I think that they are so incredibly huge and difficult to capture, um, in the pits versus going home and kind of seeing, seeing the robot being built in this teeny tiny little garage versus, you know, a full high-end machine shop for, for other teams. Um, I'd love to see like BattleBots go international. Like I love to see like a BattleBots Brazil and maybe like the Brazilian team, you know, has eight robots that they're going to bring or something like that. Um, let's see what else live stream stuff. I think live stream is really cool. Um, I think live is a big, big part of the future of the sport. And I'd love sure. to see BattleBots um, sponsor smaller weight class events. So like, Here's Motorama and one of the title sponsors is BattleBots and they have, you know, a table there where they're selling BattleBots merchandise and stuff. I think that kind sure. of field marketing is super important. So I have a lot of ideas about the future of the sports and I hope that at least one of them happens in the future. So there you go. That's really good. I do have one question to, to add into that if you don't mind. Yeah. What about gambling? I hate gambling. <laughs> I sure, but idea... do you think it would be beneficial for for battle for robot combat for BattleBots? Uh, I think it would expand the size of the fan base, but I think we would dilute the fan base. Like, I think there are people who will um, bet on anything, but they don't actually care about the robots like the way that a fan does. Like, I don't know. I think it kind of cheapens the sport. Myself personally, I understand that that is probably going to happen in the future, but. I will say I am uh, cautiously pessimistic about um, about gambling in, in the sport. Fair. I, uh, yeah. I totally I hear where you're coming from on that. All right. So Mary's next question. How is your new job? <laughs> new job is good. Thanks, Mary. Um, I joined a startup a week and a half ago. And, uh, this is my eighth or ninth startup now at this point, and, uh, we're doing really interesting stuff. So stock me on LinkedIn if you want to learn more about this company, but, uh, so far it's really great. They're based in Amsterdam, which is new. So like, I'm going to probably go to Europe a couple times, um, once, once everything reopens and, um, I am joining them pretty early, which is cool. They just raised their series A. So I am stoked about that and really like the team and everything's cool. So love the new job. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Um, so this is kind of two questions, but uh, what do you do for fun outside of robot combat? Um, so we'll just start there. So what do you do for fun? Do you, um, you know, go hiking in the mountains? Do you wrestle alligators? What's your, <laughs> what's your, you know, passions outside of the sport? Um, yeah, I mean, like I, 
put on my furry outfit and um, I just feel free, you know, and emotionally light. Ah, full circle. Yeah, wow. uh, no. Um, <laughs> my, uh, let's see, my big hobby outside of combat robotics, like um, kind of like the thing that I like to do like by myself when I have like a free afternoon, I love to go thrifting. So like um, I go thrift store shopping like at least once a month. And I like to just make a whole day of it and like go thrifting for like six or seven hours. Um, so yeah, I love, I love, I love that. That's my, that's my second sport. So love thrifting. That explains a lot. You are a very uh, fashionable guy. Uh, it's hard to tell in an audio format, but uh, <laughs> Luke's a pretty fashionable fella. Yeah. Um, all right. So last question, how do you recover from NHRL? broadcast so just to add context to that you're sitting at that desk you're talking to me you're being excited for what like 12 sometimes 13 14 hours straight yeah. um how how exactly do you recover after that what's that process like for you all right so earlier in the year we were doing these marathon days where like i would literally leave my house at like five i would get to norrock at like seven thirty. Then we would call fights until like 2 a.m. And then I would drive home in the dark through the woods for another two and a half hours and roll in at yeah. like four or five. And it was like 24 hours of being up and just totally emotionally and physically drained. And uh, those were really rough. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I don't want, I don't want to do those anymore. That's, that's, that's hard. So, um, we went to a two day format and that was so much easier. Like I felt like I was actually alive both days, which was great. Um, but typically, I don't know if we decide to go back to a one day format, uh, like the next day I just walk around like in a fugue state and, um, I don't know what time it is. And I just whisper and drink tea and I look sad. So that is, uh, that's what I do. I sacrifice my body to Norwalk Havoc. So there you go, Mary. <laughs> She's so um, concerned about us. She's always sending us uh, food and demands of uh, breaks and whatnot. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Bro, I'm glad the, that, first I'm glad two, the first two Norwalk Havocs of this year, I feel like, I don't know, for myself personally, I'm going to only speak for myself, all right? I felt like I had to, like, really prove myself to, like, Austin because um, I really, like, liked this a lot. So I yeah. would just sit there and not drink water for, like, 10 hours. <laughs> um, and certainly didn't go to the bathroom. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like 10 a.m., went to the bathroom, and then next time was uh, 2 a.m. in the morning, all right? So... Right. Um, yeah, those first couple were pretty rough, but I feel like now, um, I feel like now we're, um, we're getting better about advocating for ourselves, which is, which is nice. So, so that is true. All right. Uh, Kyle, Mary Catherine Carr has a, a bunch of questions for you and I'm going to ask them to you. Okay. Uh, first off, is there anything that you can't do? Because seriously, you have like a hundred side hustles, a family, a fan group to moderate. Are you actually human? I'm also curious about this. What is your human status, Kyle? Um, very human. I just get uh, hyper focused on a lot of different interests at once. Um, yeah, that's like my preferred state of productivity. Um, 
But yeah, that's that's all it is. I, I just like to get involved in a bunch of different things at once. And then I get bored with some of those things and try other things. And I, I zip around a lot and try a different, bunch of different stuff out. Um, at least that's been like my pandemic life. You know what I mean? Before that, I was uh, solidly just working at events. But now it's kind of everywhere and it's fun. Um, so yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. And I like moderating the fan group. It's really not that hard. This community is mostly pretty chill. Of all of your side hustles, what is your favorite side hustle? Favorite side hustle? Hmm. Um, I think my favorite side hustle is uh, plotting and scheming business ideas with my wife, um, with, with Ellie. And that's a lot of fun. I like the collaborative ones. So like working where I get to build something special for an event. Um, that's a lot of fun because I get to like work with an artist and make their vision happen and figure out the best fabrication method. That was fun. Uh, but no, like most of the time it's, it's planning business ideas with my wife. That's like a blast. Kyle, uh, you know, I am something of a startup expert, so you could always pitch ideas to me and I could help you work through them. You know, if you want to another yeah, sound, I'm going gonna, gonna, gonna to take you up on that. I think that's a really good idea. Okay. I think that's All right. Really good. 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 Uh, let's see. Will we someday get to learn more about this mysterious Kroos family of yours? Um, if they want to be on, I mean, I don't know if they're mysterious. I feel like I talk about them pretty regularly on here. Um, okay. But not, I guess I don't talk about like what they do for a living and stuff, but um, you know, my, my kids are kids. Uh, my wife is a social worker. She loves her job. Um, and let's see, I, I guess that's about it. I do, you know, a million jobs to make money and get things done. And I, I enjoy it quite a bit. Your kids are such amazingly good kids yeah. and they are fantastic people. And every single time that I hang out with you and them, I always come away saying like, those are some of the coolest kids I've ever met. And uh, yeah. that's totally like hundred percent true. Like you got, you yeah. got some pretty good humans that you're, you're in charge of. So keep well, doing it. I really, I really appreciate that. Yeah. I like them a lot. They're really, uh, they're really fun people. I'm glad that I get to call them my kids. What keeps you passionate about robot combat? Um, the human stories. I think that what keeps me passionate about this sport is like, who's, um, you know, coming up with the best strategies. Who's like, really mastered this one aspect of the sport who's um you know really figured out how to dissect their opponent like the the strategy aspects of the sport are my favorite part about it i hope one day the quality of the robot is good enough that really what we're primarily talking about is the strategy of the builders right like that's that's like we get to that technological (laughs) level where it's literally like everybody can pretty much accomplish the same things um but like, or has similar quality, but we want like, yeah, um, that would be really cool. Um, but no, my, what keeps me passionate about this sport is like the people who get to the point where the robot works, everything is where it needs to be. Now I just focus on doing the very best job with that tool that I can. That's great. Yeah. I love that, that part of the sport. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback on your answer. Cause I totally agree. I would love to see BattleBots move to like an era of post reliability where yeah. you just expect 
your robot to run the full three minutes. And when you're knocked out, it's a hundred percent because the other robot knocked you out. There are so many examples that you see on the show, not so many, but you see examples on the show where it's two robots and one of them like just suffers a brownout and it's counted out, you know? And it's like yep. those fights I would love to see. I don't know. And I feel like like this, I'd love to see like more of a standardized platform, you know, of ESCs and motors and everything. Cause I feel like the builders are constantly just experimenting with stuff that's not designed for combat robots, you know, like it's uh <laughs> Oh, this, this is a motor for some other application and here's some ESC for some other application. And, you know, there's some kind of dark magic that happens and Paul Ventimiglia understands it, but not everybody does. And like, <laughs> I, I would just love to see, you know, just reliability gets solved. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's, that's a really insightful answer. Um, yeah, I think that's a really good, yeah, that's a great way of phrasing it. Um, if, if reliability gets solved, we just get to focus on the best of the sport. You know what I mean? Like not the frustration. Yeah. Do you hope that your kids fall in love with combat robotics or would your wallet prefer that they don't fall in love with combat robotics? Both. Um, both. I mean, that, your kids that's, already that's, love combat robotics. They're they're super fans. Yeah. yeah, they are, and they are really good at predicting fights, and they really enjoy the stories. Um, and they nerd out on it, you know, the same way I do. Like, which it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, we try to make sure we watch it at family time. Now that the episodes are like two hours long, we're um, usually watching them during the day when the kids are awake instead of like staying up late special treat to watch battle bots. But, um, but yeah, they love it. They love it. Uh, will they start building bots? I don't know. Um, quite possibly like it didn't happen this summer, but they might want to in a coming summer. So we'll see. Hmm. Could you see yourself, uh, you know, joining the Vasquez's and the Ewerts and the Knox's and the Ancasca in, uh, building a family family team for, uh, Combat robotics. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. That sounds like a lot of responsibility. <laughs> I feel like the Croces. No. Like you, you could you could start like a new dynasty. You know, a new dynasty of little uh, little robot builders who come out yeah. and, and drive like uh, like little demons. I, I don't know. Maybe. Um, yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun, but I, I don't know. I'd have to see if my kids are into it. I can't be one of those. Uh, like robot stage dads, right? You got to let them yeah. lead the way on that. Yeah. What do you do to relax and recharge? Another question for um, Mary. I love that question. Um, so for me, the two ways to do that are getting into nature and the wilderness and um, just exploring and hanging out and hiking around. Um, and the other one is like, I guess, kind of the opposite of that in like, straight up cave days, you know, like I'll, I'll like find a day in a month where I literally just don't do anything. Don't have anything on the calendar. Don't have anything planned. I just like, uh, give myself a day to ignore emails and do nothing. And that's, that's a great day every month. Yeah. We call it a cave day. It's like a family, a family occurrence. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And apparently millennial hunting. So uh, I, I don't know if that's hunting millennials or, or millennials who are hunting. Uh, millennials who hunt. Millennials oh, who hunt. okay, good. Are you talking about the Wired, to, the Wired to Hunt podcast? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It's like a hunting uh, podcast 
for millennials, but okay, they don't good. hunt millennials. The millennials <laughs> are the hunters. Okay. Uh, and then finally, what is your vision for the future of robot combat? Um, I think the future of robot combat is going to be, or like should be, um, some competing leagues and different markets and just trying to like figure out what breaks through. Um, I do think streaming is going to be a big part of that for sure. Mm. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if the streaming gets big enough, it wouldn't lead to TV deals with like other organizations or other like competitions that BattleBots puts on themselves. Maybe even like the British BattleBots show, if that ever happens, becomes popular over here. Right. Mm. Um, like I think more variety of product because that always leads to good innovation going forward and single uh league sports don't always um don't always fit that bill or don't always work well in that way hmm. you need you need like different people playing the game with different ideas to come up with like the right rule set that is like the least biased so yeah um that would be my answer that would be the future of the sport got it good answer all right Lindsay. honor to you to grill your fiance ha 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 all right. Um, so, Chris. Hello. <laughs> hello. How do you hold so many puns inside of you? <laughs> How do I hold so many puns inside of me? If I uh, if I did try to store any more in there, I, I probably couldn't stomach it. Um, oh. Uh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if I if I if I if I shoehorned a few more in there, I'd probably look a little abnormal in the stomach region. <laughs> yeah, I got a I got a gut feeling I didn't answer her question though. I hope you're happy, Mary. You really uh, you really set them up for that one. Uh, what's your favorite thing about robot combat? Ooh, um, I like that robot combat. Uh, it, it's like. It's all of the creativity of, like, the arts of, like, taking, uh, you know, kind of, like, the bare components of, of something and, and building something using only your imagination. But, like, you could never watch two oil painters duel, right? But you could watch two teams with completely different backgrounds participate in this great equalizer of a sport. And it's that with, like, the pressure of the clock, the smell of burning lipos and you know just you know this this incredible community that's been built like there is nothing li else like it uh so when will you become the official third host of norwalk havoc we need your humor all the time oh. says mary we're just a few uh warm poke bowls away <laughs> <laughs> yes Wow. Wow. So you're ready to admit that it was, in fact, sabotage? Uh, well, I mean, stay tuned for uh, this exciting uh, Norwalk Havoc coming up in September. Uh, and, you know, just see sometime around lunch when uh, I have 
uh, some parking lot sushi delivered uh, to the front table, and we'll we'll see. You'll you'll see me probably somewhere around one thirty, one twenty five. I, I think lobster mac and cheese to Lob- hit Luke's- lobster mac and cheese. Yes, yeah. it does hit his wheelhouse. It is both someone who's lactose intolerant and uh, allergic to shellfish. <laughs> uh, also, uh, and and I this is, can't turn it down. I'll absolutely eat. And can't turn it down. <laughs> He's never let any of those things deter him in the past. Uh, so yeah, it, it's true. He can't turn it down. Yeah. Uh, so when will you make a Behind the Bots spinoff that focuses on D&D with builders? I think you'd make an awesome DM. Mary, I can attest, Chris is a singularly fantastic DM. He's very good. There has been some rumblings in the past yeah. about uh, D&D with builders. Uh, do you have more to comment on that? No, no. I've had a few builders uh, in the past kind of reach out to me about running some kind of like one shot campaign. And we even had like Pete Abramson on the show and talked about like who some of the, 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 the classes and races that we thought some of the builders would be. And that was like so much fun. Uh, and you know, that's kind of like sparked some conversation on social media. And you know, if, if, if some builders are interested in putting together one shot and we can record it for the fans, uh, I am, uh, I am happy to oblige. Uh, I also think Rara would be great for this as I know that she is a fantastic DM herself. Uh, all right. So aside from robot combat and D and D, what do what you... else is there? <laughs> what do you do to unwind? Outside of robot combat and D and D, what do I do to unwind? Um, well, I have uh, I have my two wonderful dogs, uh, Watson and Nessie, who are from the uh, the in- this incredible rescue uh, foundation called Canine Korean Rescue. Uh, who uh, who who rescues dogs from the uh, an illegal underground Korean uh, uh, dog meat uh, uh, you know supply chain over there and um, uh, Watson uh, enjoys comfort just as much as I do and we are often napping and when Nessie uh, is given any opportunity she will um, she will obliterate other uh, organisms that live somewhere on our property uh, for an example that full size gopher. Uh, that she surprised uh, us with uh, last uh, last Friday. Um, so I'm usually doing that. Uh, of course, you and I know we're we're like farmers now here in 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 the Hudson Valley, and we have this uh, we have this massive garden that often requires uh, lots of uh, lots of hours outside in the in the hot sun. Um, that is uh, that's kind of fun. And then uh, we, you know what? We I don't know if we ever unwind. I think we're constantly wound. Yeah, it's partially my fault because uh, I'm not very good at sitting down and doing nothing. And I think you you are better at that than I am. And then I also uh, I often pull you into my orbit mm-hmm. of uh, doing non. Right. Uh, I have know. I have RLS, which a lot of people don't know about, which is uh, restless Lindsay syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> So I constantly have to uh, walk Lindsay and take her to neat little <laughs> boutiques and shops and restaurants uh, or else um, she gets very restless. <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad life. No, that's great. <laughs> uh, what is your vision for the future of robot combat? Um, I'll just I'm going to go like super far in the future and uh, it's. 
you know, I really do think that this is um, these are just the seeds of a of a much larger and much more spectacular uh, sport that is uh, global, uh, that has much larger teams, that has uh, much um, uh, much more uh, uh, you know sophisticated technology that's put into the bots. I mean really the sky is the limit. And I think that people now are just slowly starting to kind of like join in the fun with all like this incredible community that has been like hardwired for this, uh, you know, pardon the bun, uh, for, uh, you know, now a few decades. Um, but you know, we see it like kind of like taking off in, in China. We see it, you know, kind of, um, uh, you know, developing a fervor over there that is uh, uniquely their own. And I, I hope that it, it, it just continues to kind of scale uh, around the globe and, and, and that eventually we have, uh, you know, there's a global community uh, that is just as, um, as big and diverse as, as the community uh, here in the States. All right. So I love this question. Think about me. Think about Luke. Think about Kyle. What class and race are the three of us if we were D&D characters? Oh, wow. I should have asked Pete Abramson what he thought we would be. Um, okay, so this is this is interesting. Uh, I'll start uh with I guess Luke. Oh, thanks. Um Yeah. Yeah, so well Luke has once had a character in one of my Dungeons and Dragons campaigns and he actually played a uh he played a human ranger uh who was uh, kind of like a beast master subclass and uh he had actual pokemon. Uh not pokemon pokemon, but like creatures that he uh you know um uh captured in from the forgotten realms. Uh and uh Luke Luke um uh, I don't know if he was incredibly bored by Dungeons and Dragons or if he just really wanted to go play Pokemon. Uh, but I, listen, I would say, uh, Luke, I think you're you're a fantastic DM, and I had a great time. I think my only issue with our campaign was that uh, we didn't uh, hold regular hours because we had uh, other people who were kind of flaky, and I feel like every week I was absolutely there and ready to play. All right. Well, no. so what would Luke be? Not not what was he playing, well, well, but yeah. who would he be? Well, I mean that would that would be that would be a really good choice. Uh, a human ranger uh, who um, who 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 doesn't really show up a lot. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> he was so excited for your answer, and he did that to him. I I I was, and I'm I'm hurt, but it's okay. <laughs> Chris. Uh, All right. And then there's Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Kyle, there's there's a couple of answers here. There's probably the one that you think that I might say, uh, which I, I think y- you might assume that I might say something of... Um, uh, like the uh, like the bardish variety um okay when i don't i don't think that you would be i think that you are uh someone who is uh who is very intelligent uh um but i uh i i would say that you are probably somewhere in this realm of a um uh like a, a like a warlock or a uh 
maybe even a, a wizard. There's a lot that we I feel like we don't know about you and that you're kind of a mysterious person. Um, and uh, you obviously are, are touched, I think, by the Fae. So you're, you're probably not just a, a, an ordinary human. Uh, I would say that you are probably a gnome. And this has nothing to do with the fact that I am a foot taller than you. <laughs> Straight up, yeah. I think probably a little more than a foot. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I I could see all of those things. And uh, thank you. I really appreciate that. I take that as quite the compliment. How come Kyle got a real one? All right? This is terrible. <laughs> uh, Luke, you are a... Um... I'm a Pokemon <laughs> Go player. My God. Uh, Luke, you... <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding, Luke. I know I know what you are now. Uh, you are a... Um, you are a human uh, druid who at, um, at any time uh, can immediately uh, put on an animal costume and become a savage beast. <laughs> like uh, a giant panda... Uh, a giant fox, um, you know, wearing uh, a race car driver suit, uh, or uh, like maybe a horse in all weather. <laughs> all right, uh, Lindsay. <laughs> wow. Um, Lindsay Bear, my fiance. What can I say? Uh, you would well. You now you've played uh, now multiple characters in in campaigns uh, with me, but I would I would say. Uh, that your actual class and race would probably be um, something that is a little bit uh, on the on the divine side and something that's probably a little bit uh, soft spoken. You'd probably be something like a like a half elf cleric. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Um, and you know you uh, you. Again, you like people feed off of your energy and you kind of keep uh, people's spirits up. So I think that that makes sense. Wow, I'll take it. Thank you. Sorry, Luke. And I would, of course, be uh, just some kind of really uh, low, uh, low intellect uh, barbarian that probably, um, you know, eats, uh, you know, things that are kind of lying on the side of the road. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I believe now it is time for you to ask me questions. Oh, okay, yeah. this uh, approaching three-hour podcast. So for those of you who are still tuned in, hi. Uh, we are now uh, asking the set of questions for Lindsay Bear uh, that begins with uh, Mary Catherine Carr saying, Hi, I love you. Watch it, Mary. <laughs> Watch it. I don't see you taking her to all-you-can-eat lobster buffets. <laughs> she would. I know that she would. Mm. All right. Mary's first question is, how do you put up with these ridiculous guys all the time? Um, They make it fun. What, what can I say? Sometimes Chris has one pun too many. Sure. But, uh, I mean, it's... They're fun, and uh, they're always making me laugh, and I learn a lot from them. So it's it's really a, a joy on my part to be around them. Mm. And she wants to know, how do you manage to make her dumb questions sound so smart? So, yeah, I'm going to have to flip the premise of this question around, because your questions are not dumb. 
Um, so it, it is quite easy to make them sound smart, but my uh, philosophy is to uh, slow down and really enunciate on the words that you think need to have the most attention. And then when you do that, it sounds more important. Mm. What is your D&D role? Um, I've played multiple characters, but by far my most favorite is Astra Nightwater. Ooh. Yes, the uh, sea elf druid. I think uh, druids are super fun. They harness the power of nature uh, and the magic inherent in nature and manipulate uh, kind of, you know, the the environment around them uh, to do what they want. And if I were able to choose what uh, class I could be in real life, it would be a druid. That's cool. Yeah. Druids also have the ability to um, uh, not only change their form, but then also uh, all magically appear at cons together uh, in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area. No, 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 no. My druid. I'm thinking of something else then. <laughs> All right, uh, Mary goes on to ask, what is your favorite thing to bake? Ooh, anything that uh, does not need to be decorated because <laughs> <laughs> I can make something extremely tasty, but for the life of me cannot make it look appealing. Um, but I have a really, really, really good chocolate cake recipe, and I have a really, really, really good uh, peanut butter frosting recipe. Um and so I think chocolate peanut butter cupcakes are like my my uh, go to when I need to bake something for any any occasion, really. It's true. It's like this cake is so good that she makes that I would go to war for it. Uh, however, uh, if you were to see it, you know, you, you might pass on it. Yeah. Don't eat with your eyes. Nope. Wait, don't eat. Just eat it. <laughs> Uh, the Lindsay Bear story. <laughs> uh, what do you do to unwind? Uh, so I like to bake. Um, I love going out in the garden. We are growing like 15 different kinds of tomatoes right now, like 10 different kinds of peppers, uh, cucumbers and herbs and um beans and i it's like the first thing i think of when i wake up is like gotta go outside look in the garden see what i can harvest right now or see like how how these seeds are progressing it's so much fun it's like brings me great joy and um like comfort and peace um every day so if you are looking for an activity that uh can bring you back down to earth when things are anxious. Uh, I highly recommend gardening. Um, and also I, uh, love to hike and be out in nature. Um, my job, uh, makes me sit at a computer all day. Um, but really all I ever would want to do is just like be outdoors in a mountain or in a field or something. So Yeah. So you're saying that gardening is a good time. <laughs> yeah, and, and more more uh, words to say gardening is a good time. Sage advice. Oh, oh, good time. T-H-Y-M-E. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and a great speller. 
Roan. What keeps you passionate about robot combat? Um, well, everyone has already kind of said the human stories, but I think that that is at the heart of it. Uh, I love to see new teams try out new concepts or new teams kind of defy the odds to come. Like, you know, I wish that Adam94 had had a better showing last year, but what a cool story behind that team. I was so excited to see them and just happy to see them compete. Um, I, I, I really think that Norwalk Havoc like stokes that too because it's kind of like the minor leagues of BattleBots. Um and you see these people, nobody is forcing them to do this. Nobody is asking them to do this. It's strictly their own personal interests and like internal motivation to go spend their money on ideas that they have and see them come to life knowing full well that most likely if it's a if it's a novel design it's going to get destroyed but doing it anyway because they want to learn from it and they want to see how it acts in the real world um i just think it's so in- incredible like i frankly i don't think i'm that <laughs> motivated by or to do anything really like to spend thousands of dollars and and probably thousands of hours um to make something that would be destroyed but like i respect it so much um and so then to extrapolate that and bring it to the like heavyweight battle bots um you know arena is is just massive and so for anybody to to get to that point i think it's so inspiring um and i just i love to see it what is your ideal vision for the future of robot combat um i think that we need to bring it back to the schools again and have BattleBots or, you know, STEM programs partner with schools and have a budget for them to experiment with robotics and, like, even create a feeder system to get school teams into BattleBots or at least at the very, you know, least, um, at, like, uh, smaller weight classes like uh, um, Norak Havoc with um, the Cybears. Um, I think that incorporating it with education uh and and schools is like how i would love to see it evolve um and then like have there be some type of like scholarship program or endowment or something to get people who wouldn't necessarily have the access or the funds to build a battle bot um to kind of lift them up and, and get them able to participate in the sport so that it's not such a um exclusive exclusionary you know uh hobby to partake in it's mm. a good answer all right uh, mary's last question for you is i think we need a special behind the bots with lady hosts interviewing lady builders for the good of lady kind pitching it now this lady says yeah lady i think uh, i think that's cool all right, we got a few questions now just for, for everyone. Um, what is your favorite thing about being on Behind the Bots? Luke? Uh, favorite thing about being on Behind the Bots? Uh, I like our news segment. I love compiling it every week. I'd say all the money we make from it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> that was a good one. 
Just kidding. We we only spend money. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's like we're just mirroring the sport, right? right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's, it, like if you want to make money, rule number one is don't get into combat robotics, and rule number two is don't make a podcast about <laughs> combat robotics. <laughs> How about you, Kyle? I think because I'm so curious about this sport anyway. Um, it's nice to have an excuse to like send a message to a builder or just straight up ask a builder as a source. Um, instead of just like wondering and feeling totally awkward about asking that person because I don't have a podcast that's, you know, a reasonable excuse to ask them what's going on with their robot. Lindsay? I remember before our podcast, I would look people up on LinkedIn. I remember specifically looking up Zoe Stevenson on LinkedIn to see what her background was and like to learn a little bit more about her because there was so little out there. Um, and now we get to learn. There's like a medium now to kind of get under the hood and, and learn a little bit more about who these people are um, in a way that like the show doesn't allow for. And that was really like our credo going into creating this podcast and it's still something that we do and it's still my favorite thing about it i think what one of my favorite things about you know having the pod and 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 having this to look forward to uh is like you know when we when we see like a really great you know match um really great episode just knowing that like i get to come here and talk with you folks my my friends about uh you know the uh the, you know what what happened spill the tea like what's going on behind the scenes uh and just like and just getting to break things down with uh with y'all it's 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 really been a really fun 100 episodes oh i love that all right uh so another question is how did you become the host of norwalk and do you hope to expand that presence into other robot combat competitions kyle started it so kyle Tell us, tell us how that happened, and how'd you rope us into it? <laughs> um, they put out a job posting for like announcers, I guess. Um, you know, like any organization, it starts out where like a few people do everything, and then you realize that you can't do everything and keep growing. So they needed a, a full time announcer people, and I went there and did it once by myself, and um. The lesson I learned from that experience was that I needed you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, I very intentionally roped all of you into it, and I hope you don't mind, because, um, yeah, it was necessary. I mean, like, it's it just works. It makes sense. I I love it. It's, like, one of my favorite things that, that I do now. So um, this year has been uh, surprisingly delightful. So... Uh, <laughs> Love, yeah. uh, love, love that. So I'm glad that we have the opportunity. Yeah, for sure. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, sec second half of that question, though, Kyle, you know, are we going to be taking the show on the road? Is it going to be the, uh, the Luke and Kyle and Chris and Lindsay uh, at, uh, at Sword and Motorama? <laughs> but, uh, you know, in the Saskatoon Luke. Makers Fair. You know, mass mass um, destruction, robot ruckus. You know. <laughs> well, you guys have already done robot ruckus. 
we 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 weren't uh, we weren't the commentators there. That that was that was breaking bots, Kyle. All right, we uh, right. We, we we ran the uh, the panel discussions instead, kind of the the deeper think pieces. All right, that's true. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. Deep, the the more hard hitting journalism. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hear yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, yeah, should we put the show on the road? I don't know. Are we? Uh, we might just be exclusive to the Norwalk Havoc brand. I'm not sure, but um, yeah. Uh, you know, if if another competition reached out to us and asked if we could do it, you know, we we have to have a conversation. I'm sure. I I would say no. I'm uh, I'm actually I'm very excited to break some news here on this podcast right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have just received an email today inviting us all to just be the hosts for the entire next season of King of Bots. Oh, we're going to China. We just have to work on our, we just got to throw together our Mandarin uh, (laughs) between now and and the next season of recording. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, good. I'm in. I'm in. Sorry, Austin. (laughs) Sorry, Austin. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be all right with that. All right, Chris, let's uh, let's let's wrap it up. Last two questions. All right, two questions left. Uh, the next one is: How can we, your fans, best support you and all your visions for the future? Huh. Well, I know, I know that like we're 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 really we toss around a lot of ideas for for some other forms of content that we really want to uh, start getting into. You know, we'd love to uh, we'd love to produce some video. Uh, you know, we'd love to um, bring in, uh, you know, kind of like live audience uh, to our recording sessions to kind of see how things get made. Uh, you know, we've really tossed around this idea a lot of like going to, you know, actually uh, see the builders and, uh, you know, what their, uh, you know, what their uh, shop looks like and to kind of walk them through like their their design process. A lot of this takes, you know, a lot of time. It, it does, it does, you know, take, you know, money to, to go places and, and record. And, you know, we're all, uh, for, you know, folks that have careers and, you know, families and we do, we do our thing. Uh, so time is like another precious resource. Um, I, I would say, you know, the biggest thing that you all can do is just like, and, and share and subscribe. Uh, maybe Lindsay wants to do her thing. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, CastBox, Player FM, and Podbean. And if you like what you hear, tell a friend. We really appreciate your support. Yeah, all of that. Um, that's that's really big. Uh, you know, we we from season our first season to our second season, we you know our audience has kind of doubled in size. And if we uh, if we manage to do it uh, for this season as well, um, you know, that's we're we're really on to something here and. Uh, you know, I, I do really appreciate everyone, uh, you know, out there uh, in in our listenership that that kind of tunes in, that that follows our posts, and you know, they're just there's so much engagement, um, and it's it's been uh, a pleasure kind of connecting the community uh, to the builders. Um, anyone else want to add to that? I, I would just add, I want to hear more from the fans if you want us to do different stuff um, or build new segments like i want to yeah this is your show it's not just our show so uh like we we were kicking around an idea of doing a uh an ongoing trivia segment where you try and compete against kyle for uh obscure battlebots facts i think it could be kind of hot but uh you know i don't know i want to hear from the fans so uh reach out to us i guess you know 
All right, and our last question, this one's exciting. Uh, if each one of us were a portion of like a Voltron bot, what parts would you be? Hmm. Okay. I would I would be the uh, the furry head, all right? The the furry face. <laughs> the robot, you know, maybe like a a friendly uh friendly wolf, maybe uh just smiling, unblinking, you know? And uh yeah. Yeah, that's uh that's what I'd be. I think I would be the largest piece that all the other pieces connect to. <laughs> so the uh, the trunk, is that right? <laughs> yes, I am the, 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 the trunk, uh, the glue that holds uh, all the arms and legs and the furry head together. Got it. Got it. Is there, um, is there like a place for a spotter in the cockpit? Because I'm really good at like finding deer on the side of the road at night that might run into the road. So maybe I would be good as a spotter. Well, that's nice. like what everybody does when, when they get into the, like the big bot form though, Lindsay. You're, uh, you're I, gonna... I actually don't know what Voltron is. Oh, you're gonna, it's you're like gonna a giant... the, uh, up there in the furry head. I like it. The Power Rangers, all of their Zords would come together like a Voltron, like correct, a robot that's made up of other robots connecting together. Wait, this was a Power Rangers thing? No, Voltron was no, before Voltron. Power Rangers. It was a cartoon, and it was about lion robots. Yeah, right. yeah. This is before all of our times. Okay, correct. Right. Yeah, this was like the late seventies. Yeah. Yeah, I I always thought Mary was younger than us, but who knows? She she might be seventy I mean, or eight. You know, I know Voltron well. <laughs> I know Voltron well. I'm I'm what thirty eight. Kyle, yeah, but you're from the Midwest, so I feel like they just make them older out there. Okay, you know. <laughs> They're, they're they just, just getting Voltron. They're just getting Voltron on cable now. Yeah, they just yeah. play really obscure things in syndication out there. Right. Right. How, how how about you, Kyle? All right. <laughs> what what part of the uh, Voltron would you be? Um, I guess I would be uh, that sword that flies in out of absolutely nowhere. Like, where does that mm. thing come from? How do they get that thing every time? Um, because you guys formed Voltron already, and then I flew in from outer space and was this just giant uh, sword you guys could wield against your enemies. Kyle, this uh, podcast and- would have failed like 80 episodes ago if uh, we hadn't found you. So <laughs> thank God for that. I like that uh, our our Voltron that must assemble to defend Earth from intergalactic <laughs> me- mega beings is nothing more than a big chunky body with a furry head, a mysterious flying sword, and a deer spotter. <laughs> Watching out for deer. Uh, yeah. yeah. Just pockets full of broth. <laughs> Pocket broth. I, I blame Mary Again. for giving us uh, an analogy that was, uh, you know, required more actual parts than we could provide. You know, you need a body, a head, two arms, two legs. <laughs> the name of the sword is Millennial Hunter. <laughs> Uh, oh good well this was uh, this was great it's been so wonderful uh taking uh questions from you all and um uh uh, we're really looking forward to the next hundred episodes i hope we didn't scare you all away with our actual personalities yeah yeah Yeah. same this was uh this is a lot of fun and a long time coming but also i hope you guys all still like us tomorrow (laughs) 
After the break, we'll return with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. Welcome back from the break. Time for Robots Around the World. This week we're traveling to Florida, Kyle's home state, where a company called Poraloo Marine is testing Bebot, a slow-moving robot that collects little bits of plastic and trash left on the beach. Bebot weighs about 1,300 pounds and is powered by electricity and runs on tracks, slowly raking the sand beneath it and leaving clean sand in its wake. Unlike a Roomba, Bebot is not yet autonomous. It's powered by a human operator with a remote control. Uh, I do wish it was a human operator inside Bebot. Uh, you think, you know, it, it is 1,300 pounds. Like, it probably could fit a human inside there somewhere. But, uh, no, it's uh, relegated to just remote control. But pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um... I, I I love the idea of uh, of the Roomba bot eventually uh, scaling up and going to the beach and uh, just making straight lines and having people diving out of the way, you know, to uh, save their children and their families. Because uh, that's delightful. I'm just glad that someone finally invented a robot that picks up gross cigarette butts so the seagulls don't have to do it anymore. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Wow. You know how? healing itself. This is a less arty and more effective version of the Strand Beasts. Yes. The Strand Beasts are like the uh, PVC and soda bottle and rubber band built crazy robots that uh, this artist came named Teo Jensen built to like stroll the beach and clean up litter and live off the wind. This is like the fourth time that you've brought up the Strong Beasts. All right, Kyle, in 100 episodes. I try to spread it out every like four months or so. I'll bring yeah. up the Strong Beasts. Yeah, 4% of our episodes, you know, refer to the Strong Beasts in some way. <laughs> do you do you want us to uh, to reach out and book this uh, this builder, Kyle? No, that would be uh, really weird. You don't want to sit Kyle, down with that for guy. For your birthday, I'm going to track down the Strong Beast builder. All right, and I'm going to, <laughs> I'm gonna bring bring that builder to the to this show, okay? Just for you. All right, that I'm I'm totally fine with that. You're gonna have to ask all the questions, all right? You're gonna have to <laughs> ask your favorite artist builder, you know, all about their work. All right, Kyle. All right, let's do it. I'm into it. Okay. Good. Well, that's about it for us today. We'll be back in your feed next Wednesday with potentially another mystery guest, or maybe we'll just take another 100 questions. Who knows? <laughs> See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for hanging in there. <laughs>